This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Tuesday, June 21st. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, fire crews are battling a two-alarm fire in the Chinatown section of Philadelphia that has resulted in evacuations. The fire broke out at 2 a.m. Tuesday at 10th and Ray Streets and continues to burn four hours after it broke out. Fire officials say the building has a market on the ground floor and apartments above. All floors have been evacuated. There was a partial collapse of the building at about 4:15. In addition, buildings on both sides have also been evacuated. The scene is down the street from the fire station. Uh, crews are blasting water on the blaze as flames continue to shoot in the air. There have been no reports of injuries and it has not yet been determined how many people have been displaced. The cause of the fire is also under investigation. Firefighters in New Jersey are battling a raging wildfire as it continues to burn through the Wharton State Forest in Burlington County. Officials say the fire reached 12,000 acres as of Monday afternoon and is 70% contained. It is believed the blaze, which started at 30 to 50 acres, could spread to 15,000 acres by the time it's complete. That would then make it the largest wildfire in the state in 15 years. The New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection issued a code orange air quality alert for residents in Wildwood Crest, a community about 50 miles away from the burning inferno. Crews continue to make progress conducting burnout operations in the area. Officials say the fire should be mostly under control tonight with 100% containment expected by uh, by this afternoon. Afternoon, actually, uh, no injuries have been reported, and officials say no private home or structures have been affected. Experts share a grim warning to those expected to travel this summer. Travel expert Henry Hartvelt says the summer of 2022 is likely going to go down as one of the most miserable summers for travel. <laughs> yeah. So he's really, he's really yeah. sending out a positive message here. Uh, Hartbelt is the president <laughs> and travel industry analyst at Atmosphere Research Group. He's the president. Yeah, yeah, and says this that this is a travel industry thing. So he says that they they're only going to he said things are only going to get worse. Right. What we have is he's the, in charge of morale. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I believe the word was miserable, right? Yeah. Miserable. miserable. All right. Okay. The most he said the most it's quite the quote the most miserable summers for travel. Oh. Uh, so this is he, he explains a little bit. What we have is an unfortunate confluence of several problems. First, bad weather. But the bad weather problems are compounded by staffing shortages, both at the FAA and several air traffic control centers and at airlines themselves, he says. Um, my, I had a few friends and a cousin of mine that traveled all of their flights, and they were at separate airports going to separate locations. All of their flights got canceled over the weekend. Wow. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Oh, man. According to Flight Aware, from Friday to Sunday, there were 2,867 cancellations from flights flying within the United States. That's uh, 4% of the total scheduled flights. There were also 16,742 delayed arrivals. Uh, That's 26% of uh, flights with an average delay time of 53 minutes. For just Saturday and Sunday, there were uh, 1,544 cancellations from flights flying into, out of, or within the United States, and then 9,508 delayed arrivals with an average delay time of 50 minutes. American Airlines operates a majority of the flights of Philadelphia International Airport and says it has made progress towards normalizing their operation with less than 1% of departing flights at PHL canceled yesterday. Weather has been the primary driver behind recent disruptions, not staffing. So what's happening is a lot of, we, we've talked about this before, airlines are just, they're, they're eliminating places that they go to. Like I was telling Nick earlier that American Airlines 
is now going to stop going to Islip Airport on Long Island, which is which is one a, of a, a fairly popular yeah. airport. It's what people will do to bypass LaGuardia and Kennedy. They're no longer flying there. Well, and I've noticed too um, a lot of a lot less um, direct flights. To right. Actually, we're, Nick, weren't you and I talking about this? Yeah. Like there's less direct flights. You know, maybe there's like right. one that goes out a day where there normally was three or something. Kath, what was that? I, I was reading something. What, what did you say? It wasn't staffing. It was uh, what was the issue? That was at the, at the airport. At, at, um, sorry, at Philadelphia. What? That is not staffing it's issues. Not, what is the oh, issue? Weather. I didn't hear that part. Weather. Oh, it's weather. Okay. Weather, yeah. Oh, they're saying that that's like what's added to it and then add the staffing issues right. in other places. It all just compounds. It, yeah. yeah, it okay. all builds up. There's also another thing, which is I heard yesterday, and I did not realize this, that if pilots have not actively flown for a certain period of time, and a lot of them did not throughout COVID, and for other reasons, they have to sort of requalify. Mm. And that takes time to yeah, get they have that to done. Stay, yeah. stay right. current. Uh, Heartfelt shared some tips for travelers. You guys ready for this? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Actually, there's a couple that... Show up early. There's <laughs> one. the travel hotline. Yeah. <laughs> well, it says, think of your backup plans in advance, which is actually not bad advice. Um, look for direct flights and how many flights that airline has going to your destination on your day of travel. So when Marissa and I got stuck in Chicago, um, the airline that we flew was no help whatsoever. They kind of just left us stranded. So we had to look for, you know, where else they were going. Right. Were there other direct flights? Were there other times? So if you know that ahead of time, you kind of have an idea if your flight gets canceled or I, I never would have thought of that. Yeah. I never would have thought right. of just having a, okay, in case this goes south, we can do this. So I'm flying to um, visit my dad in a couple of weeks. So that's Dallas. It's a pretty active airport. Uh, and there there should be multiple options if this is the case. Hey, uh, I can't so recommend uh, Alaska Airlines more highly because uh, I use them to get from Chicago to San Francisco, and I, I didn't know that was an option. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the uh, and originally, but that was a direct flight. I booked a direct flight from Philly to San Francisco, and then when I got to Chicago, had to change. I actually have booked a glider just in case. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're saying book early morning flights uh, because usually those are the ones right. That are not no, delayed. I'll absolutely do that as the day goes on. It gets worse, and then be he- prepared to chip in in the cockpit. Pit. Well, and he says, and then remember, this is a business. So he thinks yeah. that the airlines, uh, you know, want to charge these high air, uh, airfares because they lost, uh, you know, a lot of money in 2020 and 2021. Right. He also says he expects these problems to continue into 2023, but a lot of what happens will hinge on the price of oil, staffing, and whether we see a recession. In sports this morning. The Phillies were off last night and opened up a two-game series against the Rangers in Texas tonight. Bryce Harper has had many blisters over the years, but never one like this. After missing a second straight game on Sunday, he said, so the blister has healed. It's the infection underneath it. Harper said he had this particular blister on his left hand for a couple of weeks, and then it started bothering him more on Friday night. After the game, it swelled up. (laughs) It swelled up, preventing him from swinging a bat and keeping him out of the field lineup Saturday and Sunday. The team is unsure if he'll be able to play against the Rangers tonight. Kyle Gibson will get the start. The first pitch is scheduled for 8.05. The Stanley Cup Finals are a series again and the Tampa Bay Lightning's bid for a three-peat is still alive. With Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, and Victor Hedman leading the way, the two-time defending champs beat the Colorado Avalanche 6-2 in Game 3. The Avs are now up two games to one and Game 4 is in Tampa Bay tomorrow night. The puck will drop at 8 o'clock. And that's what I have for you this morning. Alright, thanks, Kat. The sun is coming up today is the summer solstice. This is kind of, well, I I guess uh, they call it the first day of summer. It's actually the longest day yes. of the year. 
Uh, yeah, so what, get... I think they said 15 hours of yeah. sunlight. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, yeah. And there's only, I was reading a little article this morning, there's only five full hours of complete darkness that we get uh, around oh, wow. this time of year. And that's right. it. There's just a little hint of it. I love there. the light later. I do too, I man. Really do. I don't mind. Now I go to bed. I think earlier than right. you, Steve. I I don't mind going to bed with a little bit of light still shining. Really? I, I yes. So I love here's it. my deal. I'll make this deal. Maybe we can get this done since they're changing up everything now. Just for like uh, whenever I have lit decorations out, it can get darker earlier. But otherwise, keep it like this. I love yeah. it like this. Yeah. So uh, enjoy the length of the day because it starts getting shorter after today, unfortunately. But whatever, man. All right. We have some stuff going on. Today's program, we will have an in-studio guest in Mr. Dick Vermeil. Yeah. Stopping by this morning. Hall of Famer is going to be here in our studio. He's actually playing Greg Kinnear in a new movie. Which is, uh, <laughs> that's that's a twist. That's turnaround it's on a that. It's complete flip around. Uh, but no, he's in town for a, a charity event, and uh, we're going to get all the details from him, and that'll be in the 8 o'clock hour, like two hours from now. We're Excellent. So uh, very much looking forward to that. Ramping up to the blood drive. It's on Friday. All the um, uh, reservations, all the, the sign-ups are filled, but... Uh, some may open up between now and then, so we just want to remind you to keep checking back with that, and you can go to PrestonandSteve.com for that. Also, it being a Tuesday, we have a chance for you to win a Preston and Steve-themed tattoo, courtesy of our friend at Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. I still, I love seeing those pop up. Yes. Uh, they, it's, uh, I forgot where I was recently, and uh, somebody flashed one of the presses. Oh, is it the um, uh, Take Steps Walk at the link? And uh, somebody's like, hey, remember this? I'm like, yes, absolutely. So uh, you can join the collective and just text the word tattoo to 39333, and you might win. We're going to choose one randomly. If you want to check out their artwork, you can go to floatingworldtattoo.com, tattoos.com, or check them out on Instagram at Floating World Tattoos. And of course, you can swing by the shop, 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. So we got that and more things to give away, stuff to talk about. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a moment. The entertainment report is up with the stupid question, as you know. So stay put. We'll be right back. If you like what you hear, you can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let's give something away. We have a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. Question I have for you this morning. Uh, in which city will you find the Tennis Hall of Fame? Uh-huh. 215-263-WMMR. Call if you know the answer. In which city will you find the Tennis Hall of Fame? 215-263-WMMR. Uh, mentioning some birthdays. Well, we await your answer. We'll start with... A duo <laughs> celebrates the exact same birthday. I want to say we had them both in the studio at the same time. We did. Okay. Meredith Baxter and Michael Gross yes. of Family Ties. And was it on their birthday that we had them here? No. Okay. No, but we've mentioned that while they were here. And okay. Probably mentioned this fact every year, too. I, I know yeah. we do for sure. Uh, it that was, was great. great. It, it was so cool. It was cool awesome. Having them in. And they were like a married couple. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and they were, they were um, fun and sarcastic and self-deprecating. And, yeah, I love that. 
Steve, uh, you've told stories sometimes about being lost in a question that you yeah. asked of a celebrity and or not knowing who you were interviewing right, at a certain right, point. Right. There, I asked them a question, and I got so lost in the middle of the question, Michael Gross actually said to me, I don't quite know what you mean. <laughs> I was, like, so mortified by it. Uh, well, because you're also looking at you go... That's them. Yeah, oh yeah. That's them together. Yeah. Family ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, Mr. Keaton was so disappointed in <laughs> I you. I know, I know. They both turned 75 years old. They were both uh, born in the exact same day. So I love this picture that, yeah. that was done up. It's us at uh, the closing credits. <laughs> with them, yeah. uh, with the, fo- the, uh, the frame around it in the font. It's awesome. So... <laughs> Uh, we also have celebrating birthday today, cartoonist uh, Burke Bre- Breathed, is that how you say his last name? Yeah. Uh, created uh, Bloom County, which is one of my favorite strips of all time. Uh, 65 years old today. Uh, it's Bernie Capel's birthday today. Ah, oh, the great Steve. Bernie oh, Capel. Yeah. yeah. Love boat. Adam, Dr. Adam Bricker. Adam Bricker. On the love boat, yep. He was supposed to be the ladies' man for whatever reason. Yeah. Wore two page at the whole thing, uh, but he was... He was Listen, there that none of that's a lot of that stuff would not fly in today's climate. But um, I love that show. I watch it every Sunday. Uh, and he was also, as you remember, Preston, he was uh, Siegfried on uh, Get Smart. Oh yeah, yep, you are correct. I yep. mean, do you think it had anything to do with the fact that he was was a doctor and that's all, that that's made exactly him exactly what it had? He to was do with. banging everyone. Right. And they would literally, in the beginning of each episode, stand there at the top of the gangplank or whatever the hell you call it, mm-hmm. as people are coming aboard the ship. And pick out the people they were going to nail. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so it was because he was a doctor case. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, yep. Uh, so he is, I'll see today, he is 89 years oh, old. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, Juliette Lewis has her birthday. Uh, movies like Cape Fear, Natural Born Killers. Uh, remember, she was in Wayward Pines as yes. well, which was cool. And uh, she's also in uh, she, the comedy, Starsky and Hutch. Yes. Yeah, she's great. The Girlfriend. Yeah, she's 49. Christmas Vacation. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. She was a daughter. They had a rotating cast of the kids. Yeah, the, nobody movies. ever played the same part twice. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. I mean, besides I so. Clark and... Uh, Beverly D'Angelo. And, and the uh, Uncle Eddie and... Yeah. The other chick. The kids were not the same. <laughs> yeah, what was Uncle Eddie's wife's name? Uh, the other chick. The cousin. <laughs> what was the name? She I can't believe this. Her sister, not cousin. Anyway, who cares? <laughs> yeah, uh, she's, uh, she's 49 today. Uh, Prince William, Duke of Cambridge, heir to the British th- throne, son of Prince Charles and late Princess Diana, is 40, 40 years, years old. old today. Wow. I don't have my royal bell, so I can't announce it. What happened to our royal bell? It came with us to some event and has not returned. Uh, was it oh, a Subaru? It was Keenan's. Keenan's. You know what? It might be in the... Uh... It might be in the collection of artifacts. That are in the Acme Lounge right now. All right, well, we're next at, to our dildos and squirt guns. How about the order is up, Bell? Could you do that? Oh, wait, here it is. Here we go. Marissa found it. Oh, they, well, that's actually PS. Hey, Bell. Oh, no, I like mine better. All right. <laughs> French fries up. Uh, so 40 years old today. Uh, it's also Ray Davies' birthday of the Kinks. Uh, Ray Davies. Sorry, Casey, you can't see my screen. I, I, know, I, I lost right. my I'm printed piece of paper, and I'm on my monitor, and you can't see it, so you can't bring up the music. But uh, we do this on the fly I'd for those it. of you who did not That's know. That's why it sounds so nice good. Job, Casey. Uh, the Kinks, Ray Davies, great band. Uh, great front man, too. He is 78 years old About today. 150 albums the Kinks have. Yep. Uh, we also have uh, Lana Wachowski, oh. uh, one of the Wachowski. Uh, who brought us movies like uh, The Matrix and Beef Vendetta. I never saw the second or the last Matrix. Anybody else see it? I didn't either. 
So it wasn't as bad as I heard it was, okay. but it was by no means good. That's a uh, shame. Yeah. Mm, what did yeah. you think? I, I didn't really care for it. Okay. I, I yeah. wanted to. It was confusing, I thought. They were, yeah, you know what it was? It was, as they say, very meta. It was critical of the world of the Matrix, the storyline and the whole thing. So it's actually, it's it, they almost seem pissed off that they had to make the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. it's a weird vibe. Uh, Lana's 57 today. Uh, we also have uh, Joey Kramer, drummer for the band Aerosmith. He is 72. They had a weird little falling out. They did. They were he, like, weren't allowing him to come to their the residency. They were doing it in Vegas and they all that stuff. He said he could stay in the parking lot. I know that he and, he and Steven Tyler had have had issues throughout the years. Do you know what so. that's about? No. Yeah. Uh, maybe that Steven's a little bit controlling in the band or something like that. I'm not really sure. Uh, so Joey Kramer turns 72 years old today. Happy birthday to him. Uh, who else do we have here? Nils Lofgren, uh, Bruce Springsteen, E Street Band, great guitar player. He's amazing. He's yep. What is he, like 5'5"? Five, five? He's a tiny little yeah, dude. like super little tiny dude. dude. Uh, but great guitar player. Uh, plays uh, like a finger-picking um, style. Uh, you know, I don't think he uses a pick, and he's a lead guitarist. Who is he with? Before Springsteen, he was in another band. He was, you know what? And I don't know the history. Crazy Horse. Uh, okay, so Neil Young. Okay, yeah, with Neil Young. Uh, but I don't really know his history, to be honest. Uh, we were playing golf yesterday with a guy who was in Bruce Springsteen's band for a hot minute, and yeah. uh, really pissed him off, and he was gone. Wow! Uh, but he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I believe. Uh, Barkan was saying. Is that what he said? Okay. And he was also wearing a hat that said "Rock and Roll Hall of was Fame." It John on Runyon? It, so it wasn't John Runyon. It was not John Runyon. Another guy. Uh, and I was not familiar with him. Uh, oh, the, no. you know, Kevin Gunn probably would be because he's our local Springsteen yeah. expert. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we can ask him about that at some point. Uh, it's also Chris Pratt's birthday today. Uh, Chris Pratt is 43 years old today. So he's part of the Guardians franchise and the Jurassic Park franchise. Yeah, which is doing really, really well yeah. in the box office. So, uh, yep, he turns a year older at 43. And now he's, a, he's in the Schwarzenegger clan. That's right. And uh, is aligned with that family and a baby. <laughs> that's the baby. Uh, he, gets, let's, he gets fussy. Uh, you know what? And that's it. That's all. The, those uh, are the birthdays. Stop it. Uh, no. Enough. Okay. Cousin was Catherine. Catherine. Uh, <laughs> that was from? Vacation. Vacation. All right. <laughs> We're going to see if we can get an answer to this stupid question. <laughs> In what city will you find the Tennis Hall of Fame? That is the question. And I will go to Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, good morning. You morning. guys bleed in a good way. Ah, oh, that's oh, wonderful. Right. Thank Hi, you, Mike. Sir. All right, Mike. <laughs> what city will you find the Tennis Hall of Fame? Newport, Rhode Island. Yeah. yeah. Hang on, Mike. I was going to fly there this summer, but after Kathy's news, it seems like it could be. A... <laughs> that uplifting guy. Yeah. Uh, we're going to give you a $50, $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. And if you're in the mood for seafood, Bonefish Grill's got covered with new summer specials like the Shrimp Rangoon Dip and Pineapple Glazed Shrimp paired perfectly with a zesty key lime cake for dessert. Nice. You can visit bonefishgrill.com. All right, I have some stories to share. Uh, we'll start with this. Uh, ben Stiller met with uh, Ukrainian President uh, Vladimir Zelensky on Monday uh, during a visit to the war-torn country. Shortly after shaking hands, the actor told the Ukrainian president, you are my hero. And uh, Stiller was in Ukraine as a UNHCR goodwill ambassador. He toured the ruins of Irpin, uh, taking, uh, talking with those who survived the Russian occupation. He said, it's one thing to see the destruction on TV or on social networks. 
It's another thing to see it with your own eyes. That's a lot more shocking, he said to Zelensky. Ukrainian president, sorry, uh, replied, what you saw in Irpin is definitely dreadful, but it is even worse to just imagine what is happening in the settlements that are still under temporary occupation in the east. Was yesterday International Refugee Day? Uh, I think it might have been, Steve. Yeah. Uh, The Meet the Parents actor posted a video of himself to Instagram earlier in the day saying, hey, I'm Ben Stiller and I'm here in the Ukraine. Uh, War and violence are devastating people all over the world. Nobody chooses to flee their home. Seeking safety is a right and it needs to be upheld for every person. It was very touching because Stiller took time to teach Ukrainian troops Magnum, which is a uh, the look that no one believed could exist. Oh, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. Um, Rob Kardashian and Black China reached a settlement in their revenge porn case yesterday, just ahead of the jury selection process. Potential jurors were informed of the last-minute update as they lined up outside the courthouse. They were all getting ready to go Ah, in. Revenge porn with Rob Kardashian. And then they settled. Uh, China, born Angela White, sued Kardashian in 2017 for posting nude photos of her to his Instagram in a, quote, vicious social media tirade designed to hurt and publicly shame Ms. White. Was Tokyo Tony there? Um, don't know. Okay. The exact details of the settlement have not been released, but a source told Rolling Stone the case is not going forward. It settled. So they, they caved in. And yeah. I guess, you know, if you're, if you're posting pictures like that, uh, then, you know, wh- wh- whichever side you fall on, Black China or Kardashians, you're not supposed to do not that. Not supposed to do that? Yeah. It's legal. So they settled. I wonder how many, uh, how many millions? Yeah, don't know. There's yeah. no word on the settlement. So uh, last week, both Kardashian and China said they'd hope they could reach a settlement for the sake of their daughter, Dream. Bob Odenkirk told Page Six recently he feels great uh, after he'd suffered that heart attack on the set of Better Call Saul in July of 2021. <laughs> he said, I got two stents. A tiny part of my heart is made of metal and I feel good. Uh, he had collapsed on the set and was uh, shocked with a defibrillator three times. He was then rushed to the hospital where he underwent surgery. That's wild, man. Because he, he was a guy who does not, even prior to everything that went down, did not seem to be in bad shape. Yeah. Seemed to be, take care of himself. And he, there he is. He collapses. Uh, the Breaking Bad star said that he didn't remember anything about the incident. He said it was scary to uh, Rhea Seahorn and Patrick Fabian, who were standing right there when it happened. And everybody else, the whole crew who came around, they were utterly freaked out, but I can't recall yeah. anything. For as slow as uh, Better Call Saul was in the beginning, uh, with the whole storyline with his brother, it has, like, it, it's like, like, holy crap territory these days. Really? It's yeah, up? Yeah, so much so. I never, I never got <clears throat> into it. Um, it, well, it, I mean, just, again, just... You know, Breaking Bad was one thing, right? right? And then the way Breaking Bad ended, you're like, holy crap. And then when Better Call Saul, you're like, all right, this is really, really slow. I- I'm telling you, it, it is it is getting really, really good. And uh, cool. so the second, the, it's the final season, part two is coming up. I think any, you know. They're all uh, doing the two-part final season. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, really left me on a, on a cliffhanger. So as for shooting that final season, uh, Odenkirk said, I was emotional. Yeah, we cried. Uh, the show has been such a snowball of ongoing effort and big effort. And I've done this character for 12 years. So in a weird way, as big as that last scene was, I won't really start to say a big goodbye to the show until I watch the final episode. So I wonder if they're going to do a sequel to uh, Nobody. Did you see that movie? 
Oh, uh, I did not see it. Yeah, I've, seen, yeah. I've caught scenes from yeah, it. It is and it's a really movie good. that I want to watch. Yeah. You ever see Bob Odenkirk talk about his past? He's not a real big mm-hmm. fan of himself uh, at his younger no. age. Oh. He, he He's was, hypercritical. He was mean to people. He, he basically calls himself an a-hole. And, no uh, kidding. Yeah, he, wow. he, he addresses it in his autobiography, which came out earlier this year at the end of last year. Um, but, yeah, he does he not um, a nice person, and he acknowledges that. He cops to it. I, how do you feel about people like that? You know what I mean? People, well, it's nice that they come around and apologize about it eventually. You know, it is. And it's too bad that they were that way in the first place, but at least they're aware enough to recognize it. Yeah, there's, uh, like, like people I know from, you know, earlier in my life that, that I deemed to be, wow, that person's just a jerk. If they came around and and uh, and started to admit things, maybe a, a direct apology or something yeah. like that might make me feel a little differently about them. But I, it's kind of hard to. Hmm. You know, I know like, where you're floating on this, you know, what and I, mean? I can't say I don't agree a little bit uh, yeah. because by you're supposed to say okay bygones. But if someone, say, if you were the subject of someone's taunts for many years, it might be kind of hard to just turn on a dime and say, hey! Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I, it's great that he does that. I, I, I agree. But, but he, even in the things that he cites that he claims, you know, made him, he was um, he was a rambunctious, full of himself, younger man. But he, it wasn't like he was terrorizing people. Okay. That was, yeah. Okay. Did we uh, talk about it on the show that um, uh, Adam Sandler wanted him to play... Eric! In Billy Madison, and the studio was like, no way. Uh, no, we okay. did not. Because uh, no. he was like an ego case or uh, something like You know what, like they that? never indicated why, but I wonder if mm-hmm. that was why. Um, but the studio said no, and then um, Philip Seymour Hoffman actually uh, auditioned for that part and turned it down, and then it ended up going to, you know, the guy okay. who played it. It may have been. It may have been because of mm-hmm. attitude. Who knows? All right, now we're going to talk about a, a beautiful human soul, Bradley Cooper. Oh, my oh. God. Oh, I love him. Uh, he revealed recently uh, on a podcast that, listen to this, so a, a famous director once mocked him for having, uh, yeah, mock? Yeah. 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 For real. Yeah. Um, once mocked him for having... Oh, he's our best friend. Yeah. I get it now. Uh, mocked him for having seven career Oscar nominations. So the incident occurred at a party during Cooper's A Star is Born award season. Uh, the music drama boosted Cooper's Oscar nomination hall from uh, four, three acting noms and a Best Picture nom as a uh, producer on American Sniper to seven uh, for he got actor, original screenplay, and Best Picture for A Star is Born. So he said he was at a, at a, a party... And he met with a famous director who made a joke about his seven Oscar nominations. Cooper was joined at the party by a friend, a famous actress, who had three Oscar nominations under her belt. And the director said to Cooper, what world are we living in where you have seven nominations and she's only got three? And he's like, dude... Why are you such an a-hole? <laughs> I would he, he, never effing forget that. Go F yourself is what he said. No indication as to who this person no. might have been no, or it, is? I, I haven't seen anybody guessing at uh-huh. it, but uh, probably you could do a little math and figure out who it is, but I, I do not know. Uh, Cooper has since added two more Oscar nominations, bringing his total career haul to nine. Uh, he co-produced Joker and Nightmare Alley. I didn't know he co-produced Joker. Yeah, he did. Uh, both of which broke into the best picture race and as well. He's playing uh, Leonard Bernstein, right? He is widely expected to pick up even more Oscar nominations for the Netflix-backed Maestro, which is about Leonard Bernstein. But he's playing him as a Batman villain. Oh, that's <laughs> oh I didn't crazy. know that. Oh, that's weird. Uh, he is starring in the title role opposite Carrie Mulligan as Bernstein. do you compose? You will. Uh, Bernstein's <laughs> wife, uh, Felicia Montalegre. So uh, that, I'm not sure exactly when that's coming out, but they're... they're, they're 
kicking around the name Oscar We should just again. check in with him. We should. know that yeah. he's okay. Yeah. 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 It's always All right, good to I'll do a little wellness check. We've got to play this little game. Like, yeah. he doesn't even really know who we are that much. Kind of was blowing us off. We all chuckle about it uh, because our, our bond is strong. Timothy Chalamet could be turning up the heat this summer during a 2022 Tribeca talk following a screening of the new 4K restoration of the 1995 thriller Heat. Star Al Pacino revealed that he hopes Chalamet takes on the role of Detective Vincent Hanna in a prequel film. Uh, Pacino played Vincent in the original. Well, like um, in high school? Michael Mann, cat and mouse film opposite Robert De Niro as criminal Neil McCauley. Uh, but no, it'll be a young, probably a young cop. Uh, or, yeah, he's the police officer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, director Mann co wrote uh, Heat 2, an upcoming prequel slash sequel novel, novel to the film. Uh, guests at Tribeca Talk were gifted a preview copy of the book, spurring a discussion as to who would play each character if the novel were adapted for the big screen. And Pacino shouted out, Timothy Chalamet! <laughs> To applause. Um, uh, De Niro stayed n- mum about his dream casting. Are you a Heat fan? I am. I've yes. never seen it. Really? I, I love it. One of my I favorites. love it. I know. It's it's, it's long. i got to put it on the list. <laughs> you got to invest time in it, though. Don't go anywhere. It's three hours long. And, uh, but three hours long? It is. Yeah, but it's brilliant. <laughs> it has, Dude, it's one of the best actors. Else, yes. And Val Kilmer, everybody's great in it. And it has that robbery sequence, which is one of the best ever yeah. filmed. That alone is like a half hour yeah, long. Just, yeah, just the unbelievable. Uh, the gunfight in the streets. Yeah. Yeah, i got to check my dude card uh, for not having seen no. No? no? No, you saw Frozen. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so how, how do you think uh, that casting would go? Timothy Chalamet as uh, his character. I'm, at, I'm wondering about the necessity of a prequel. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but I guess I, I think Timothy Chalamet is certainly solid enough to do it. Um, I'm just wondering why it needs to exist. Uh, Man's Heat Two includes uh, events both before and after his first, uh, the first film. It's not hot. It's it's warm now. Yeah, it's just it's not hot yet. <laughs> not heat. There's, There's no warm. heat. Is this is a freaking heat on. <laughs> By the way, can I point out something that Casey said to me about Timothy Chalamet? Uh, and you had you had pointed out that he is really he's not a good looking guy because one of his eyeballs is lower than the other. Did I say you that? did? And and you know what? You're right. I still think he's a he's a handsome guy, but if you look closely, um, you know, uh, at the symmetry of his face, like one eye is definitely lower than the other one. If we ever get him in the studio, I'm going to hold a ruler across you the, the bridge of his nose to see he, what he does have. Is he has? <laughs> Did I hear sloppy? Yeah, man? that's him. I don't know. His eyes look pretty even here. Look at uh, he has mm-hmm. a classic jawline. He has a oh, yeah. star's yeah. jawline yeah. without question. Unbelievable. You know, yeah. Bradley Cooper has eyes that are uneven as well. Yeah. No kidding. He has a third one under his hair. He does yeah. not. I think it weird. makes. I think it makes him look a little dreamy when they're like Bradley that. Cooper. Oh, they have smoky right? eyes. <laughs> Let me ask you a question about Timothy. <laughs> about Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Because I don't consider him handsome. Yeah. I, I consider him pretty. Okay, you know that's a good distinction. Okay. That's yeah. a good distinction. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I like that. He's I, very pretty. Yeah, very pretty. Love pretty ice man. cream. Rocky Rose, <laughs> dude. Big fan. Uh, he is outstanding in Dune. I think he's terrific. Outstanding, and, he's and I freaking... can't wait for the uh, for the sequel. Yeah, mm-hmm. he loves fingerling potatoes. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yes, dude, freaking and... loves them. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> and don't look up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love fingerling potatoes. <laughs> Uh, so, anyhow, we'll see if that ever comes to be. Hey, uh, Lori Laughlin 
returned to the red carpet for the first time in years on Saturday. Mm. It was at a benefit in Los Angeles. Uh, Lafanu, of course, served time in prison for the college admissions. Bribery scandals kept pretty much a low profile. She's done a few movies. Uh, but she had cameras clicking at the Design Care 2022 Gala to benefit the Holly Rod Foundation for Families Affected by Autism and Parkinson's Disease. Is that Holly Robinson? No. What's Holly Rod? It's I, a, I do it's not a, know. It's a car. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's Holly Robinson, Pete. No. Yeah. But uh, Laughlin wore a long sleeve blue dress for the occasion, her first red carpet walk since the scandal broke in uh, 2019. Uh, she served nearly two months in prison, gaining release in December 2020. So this is a real visible out, uh, you know, not behind the, uh, so, the camera thing or it, in front of the camera thing. Right. By Hollywood standards, she she appears to have done her, her, her penance for all that, right? She did her jail time. We're far enough past it. She's done a few movies. And so I think she can have her life returned to her, right? I think so. Or she probably will. It's going to take a little time to get there. Uh, Speaking of full house, two deputies from Florida's Orange County Police Department were disciplined for improperly leaking the news of Bob Saget's death before his family could be notified about it. (laughs) I didn't realize that had happened. Yeah, deputies Emiliano Silva and Stephen Reed... Uh, were found in violation of the department's uh, dissemination of information directive uh, when they told family and friends about the actor's death, uh, which, according to an administrative investigation, resulted in an influx of media inquiries at the time when Mr. Saget's next of kin had not been notified and homicide unit detectives had not even arrived at the scene. So here's the deal. Saget, you know, you know he yeah, was found yeah, in the yeah. hotel, obviously. Uh, but uh, Silva, one of the officers who responded to the scene of the tragedy, had texted the news to his brother, who minutes later tweeted R.I.P. Bob Saget, no. prompting press inquiries to be sent to the department's communication director. So that's where they messed up. Yeah, that, that's, uh, a, that's a big mess up. Did, did anybody see the um, the Saget tribute? I did. Uh, I mean, I, you I, weren't I, happy with it? I, I, no, I just thought it was a little weird. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. It had a lot of like a, a lot of big celebrities. Did you watch it? it? No, I oh. wanted to see it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, it seemed a little bit weird. I mean, it was definitely like unscripted. Right. Um, was which, it too unscripted? For me, it was. Yeah. Okay. So, like uh, the Norm Macdonald tribute uh, on Netflix was excellent, and I think that seemed but to that have was, an actual structure to it. Yeah. That well, but also that wasn't. You know, this was like in front of a crowd. Okay. Uh it was. You know, like almost like. Sort of felt like a podcast, but not really. I I don't know. It's just all right. I I, 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 I have to check it out. Yeah, I just I felt uncomfortable watching it. All right. Uh, by the way, the other officer Reed, who was off duty at the time, had texted the news to friends who had recently seen Saga perform, and he had said in a statement, "Hindsight probably shouldn't have shared it in the way and the manner that I did." So they're uh, facing a suspension without pay for their actions. Uh, follow up here. Yes, Holly Robinson, Pete's. Uh, Holly Rod, Rodney Pete. I wasn't yeah. thinking oh. that. That is their organization. So, yeah. Casey, I would give five points to Delco, but, but no. it's How about kind of tiny. Just, I just, I'll take a bell. That's uh, yep. cool. Yep. Appreciate <laughs> Thank that. Um, I love this story. Uh, Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg just need to get it over I, with and get married. Wh- wait, what? Where did that start? I forgot <sighs> where <laughs> their first encounter happened. It might have been for like a commercial thing or something. They had a like show that. together, too. Uh, so in a sneak peek clip from her podcast, Martha Stewart asked her good friend Snoop Dogg how many times he smokes, quote, those special cigarettes a day. <laughs> and he said, it depends. When I'm shooting television, maybe about 15 a day. But when I'm making music, probably about 25. And he said, and the thing is, when I'm with Martha, she's the secondhand queen. I make sure she gets all the secondhand smoke. And then she said... 
that she only enjoys the, quote, fabulous secondhand smoke when she's with Snoop Dogg. And she says, and I must tell you, it makes me feel really good. <laughs> and it does not disturb my concentration. In fact, I think it makes it even better. And it doesn't make me tired or any of the things that people say marijuana does to you. It's fantastic. I think it's great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> He's giving her shotguns. And she's just okay. taking you know, it in. So. She, by the way, looks for 80 years old. She does. She looks great. I sent you a picture earlier, Preston, or it's a video. A video of Donna Mills. 81. And holy hell. I, I can't tell what she's done to look that good. Um, there's just no way. Yeah. It, I don't know if there's some filter involved, yeah. but I can't see it. But she looks unbelievably younger yeah. than 81 years old. All right. Uh, so Entertainment Tonight reports that Bachelor in Paradise star Tia Booth is expecting her first child with her fiancé, Taylor Mock. Yeah! yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kathy's joining in now. Yeah, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been the whole joining time? in for a while. Oh, sorry. So Taylor Mock. Yeah. yeah! On Monday, Booth posted the news to Instagram sharing that uh, she was experiencing mixed emotions due to her father passing away in February. Uh-huh. Uh, she had said, welcoming a new little life while mourning the loss of another proves that high emotions can exist simultaneously. And I love you. And I have no doubt, yeah, (laughs) yeah, and have no doubt that my dad had a hand in this. Uh, Happy Heavenly Father's Day to the first man I ever loved, and happy soon-to-be Father's Day to my forever, she wrote. I love you. Yeah, Taylor Mock. Mock. Yeah! Uh, Let's see what else I have here for you. Mama June, her daughter, uh, Lauren (laughs) Pumpkin Shannon. Shared photos of her newborn twins exclusively with Page Six on Monday. And the family photos, the twins, who were born in May, can be seen with her daughter Ella, her son Bentley, and her sister Alana Honey Boo Boo Thompson. Yeah. It was a great family photo. They were all tied up to those uh, those ropes in the backyard running around and digging in the dirt. And oh, yeah. I, I don't know anything more than that, but don't our, I, uh, Honey Boo Boo doesn't want anything to do with Mama June anymore, right? Isn't so that, wasn't that the last? The, the daughter Pumpkin was taking care of Honey Boo Boo, who is now yeah. sixteen. Uh, I saw a couple pictures of her recently. Okay, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, the family is is after, but maybe she's made peace with the mother now. Yeah, uh, it was not good for a while, and and she was running around with that Gino Doke guy. Her her boyfriend mama june at the time and they remember they had a house and they were literally selling light fixtures and everything in the house to get yeah. drug money yeah, yeah yeah i remember that so all right anyhow the uh there are pictures of the baby if you want to see them um so according to IndieWire, the paramount plus yellowstone prequel starring helen mirren and harrison ford has been renamed uh to 1923 instead of 1932 so, do you watch both of? Do you watch Yellowstone and do you watch was it 1888? What is it, Case? 1883. I, don't, <clears throat> I couldn't find sorry. that. I actually looked for it the other day. Where is it, Case? Is it uh, on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Paramount Plus, right? Yeah, it's Yellowstone yeah, gets emotional. <laughs> 1883, uh, and I really, really enjoyed it. And then I, I completely forgot about it. Like every other show, I start watching. I know. I'm like, I know. I completely forgot about that one. Yep. yep. It's supposed to be very accurate. To the time, 1883. So, um, except for the daughters, like 
car. Bleach blonde yeah. hair. You know the robot maid. <laughs> no, but like, and that was like Rosie watching it. My wife is like, I, "How am I supposed to believe that this girl's bleach blonde hair is?" Yeah. You know, it always. Like, gets, I don't know. They had blonde hair back in the 1880s. You know what always gets me in, in shows like that? Case is uh, they have perfect teeth. Yeah, like in 1883. Yeah. Oh my nobody god, nobody had perfect teeth. Yeah. What, what I gotta tell me? you is like, and, and that's something that always made me crack up. And uh, during Mash. Uh, Loretta Swit came back one season with a row of <laughs> incredible veneers. Yeah. 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 I could I was annoyed though, I, because that was one that I wanted to watch. Casey kept telling me, "It's and good." Casey, I looked just the other day and I couldn't find it. I, but I, I have. Like, are you been, typing in Yellowstone or are you typing in eighteen eighty three? No, no, eighteen eighty three. But I also we like, you know, ended all the subscriptions and now we just oh. have the Hulu oh. Live or whatever that is. Could so, be a problem. I don't yeah. know. Uh, well, you can come over to my house. We can watch it okay. together. <laughs> so they're renaming it uh, to 1923 instead of 1932, and the series will go further back in time as it explores uh, droughts, famine, cattle theft, uh, the end of Prohibition in Montana, and the end of World War One as well. Interesting. I gotta tell you, though, the, the daughter with the bleach blonde hair in 1883 yeah. is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my really? life. Like, just mesmerizingly beautiful. Uh, the actress? Yeah. What is her? Uh, I don't know what to, her name you'll is. Have to look her up. Uh, hey, you going to look her up? You ever seen her in anything else before? Not that I had recognized her from. Isabel May is that a case? Uh, this one? Yeah. All right, yeah, let's that's find her. Out. Okay, she, her picture's up in the studio here. Yeah, she's quite lovely. She and looks kind of like Jewel a little bit. She does. The singer. Um, yeah, and and the you know how they have her done up in the show. Just well, you know, Faith like, Hill says Casey, yeah. and I have not seen any of the episodes, but they say that the producers ask the female cast. To not shave their armpits. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. To remain, and and uh, that's Faith Hill has um, accommodated the the request. That'd be the deal breaker if Kathy was an actress yeah, on that no, show. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's gorgeous, Casey. Yeah, very, and very pretty. She, the producer also asked that they have gigantic bushes. Her name is <laughs> Isabel May. Would you mind? Listen, do you mind growing out your bush? Yeah. It's true to the period. <laughs> to yeah. an almost uncomfortable level. Right. <laughs> I want it to always look as if there's a sheep in front of you. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. There it is. Throwing that art. <laughs> I want to see the tufts of hair rising up out of your petticoat. <laughs> really? The tufts of hair. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, we're done talking about Bush. Yes. We, okay. Although I see a theme for the morning. Right. Yes. All right, and then one last story before we move on to the clips. Chris Evans told MTV News recently that if he were to come back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he would prefer to revive his role as Johnny Storm in Fantastic Four. He said, God, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? He said, no, no one's ever come to me about that. I mean, I don't exactly look the same anymore. That was 15, almost 20 years ago. He said, my God, I'm old. But I really loved that character. So the, I don't see that happening. Well, but. no, but they're, they're, so they are doing a new... Fantastic Four movie, supposedly. Now, uh, Craig Lagans has always bemoaned the fact from the comic book gurus, a friend of the show, that they have they have yet to do this right. They've missed the boat a couple of times. Everyone was trying in those first two movies. It, they, mm-hmm. it just didn't quite work. No, the problem I have with... All right, so the... Um, is it Mr. Fantastic or whatever? Yes, the guy yeah. who stretches? Right. right. <clears throat> so he's the smartest guy in the world? But what about, isn't Bruce Banner the smartest guy? But what about Tony Stark? Like, how many smartest guys in the world can you have? They can, they can do whatever they yeah. want. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, it's like they're just making this stuff up. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's play the clips here. All right. 
Motherland Fort Salem is about three witches who are conscripted in the U.S. Army as they train in combat magic and use their vocal cords to create powerful spells. This really happened? Yeah, it's really happened. Uh, here, series creator Elliot Lawrence shares what his favorite moment of the newest season is. We get to delve into really the history of what witches really are, like deeper than what we thought. We thought we, we kind of think we know what they are, but from the get-go, we're into some history. And I knew that that history would tie into this almost apocalyptic event that ends the series. What the f- is this? Final season of Motherland Fort Salem. Final season. On Freeform and Hulu today. I've never heard of this show before. What? I can't believe it. And the final season. This is... Oh, my out. God. We've, we've been, been in this world all. for a while, and it still surprises me. <laughs> Next clip. Here we go. Final season. <laughs> uh, in the Umbrella Academy. You know that one. I do know that one, and I'm excited for this. A family of former child heroes who have now grown apart reunite to continue to protect the world. And here, writer Gerard Way uh, shares the mystery behind the series. Mike Richardson from Dark Horse, his favorite thing that he always said to me about um, Umbrella Academy was that it was like this mystery box that keeps opening and unfolding and unfolding. And that's kind of what Umbrella Academy is. Like, right away, you're just thrust into this mystery of, like, Okay, well, all these women weren't pregnant before, but all of a sudden they all had babies. If someone wants to I, yank... Oh, my God. <laughs> Steve. Steve. Dude. Yeah. I, first oh of all, God. I was going to say, I didn't know Gerard Way sounds like he's 16 years old. Wow. And then you play that clip, if Steve. Let me play a little... to yank a guy's prank, I say let him. Mike Richardson from Dark Horse, his favorite thing that he always said to me about um, Umbrella Academy was that it was like this mystery box that keeps opening and unfolding and... If someone wants to yank a guy's prank, I say let him. <laughs> Dude. It's the same guy. Uh, season three of the Umbrella Academy is on Netflix tomorrow, by Yay. the way. So it's happening. Yes. And that's another one I let go. I I, watch, I love the first season and then I never watch the second what? season. Oh. I just didn't get around I to it. I will give you not one scintilla of criticism. Yeah, there is far too much to watch. Yeah. It was and so understandable to let things go. And a show like that is kind of a complicated storyline, yes. too. And if you if you let it slip away from you, you're like, that's too much work I'm to tired. go back to. Have you I watched know. the boys yet? No. Okay, and, and, and I there you go. love and those you first love two seasons. <laughs> and so, uh, you know. Stop it with all this entertainment. Stop it! <laughs> Will you stop it? Speaking of entertainment, we have a movie screening tonight. Oh. Uh, the movie is The Black Phone. It will be 7 p.m. at the UA King of Prussia. You want to go? Uh, be one of the next nine callers nine. at 215-263-WMMR. Nine times. Mm-hmm. Nine times. And we will set you up. It's rated R. We'll be in theaters officially June 24th, but that screening is tonight. So we'll give those movie passes to you. 215-263-WMMR. A little over an hour from now, Dick Vermeil yeah. will be in our nice. studio this morning. That's really cool. So we will talk to Mr. Vermeil in a little while. Don't forget, it's Tattoos Day. You want to win a Preston Steve Tattoo? Text word tattoo. 39333. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Get the latest on the world's greatest rock and roll band, the Rolling Stones, on WMMR.com. Find out which deep tracks they've been playing on tour, why they had to postpone a few shows, and read our list of the Stones' live albums ranked. Click Rock News on WMMR.com. Going to have Coach Dick Vermeil on the program um, about an hour from now, and uh, we're looking forward to that. But I, I do want to talk about another sports figure. 
Kathy had this in the um, news earlier. Uh, Bryce Harper yes. uh, had to sit out because of a blister that he has. And it I and and so the blister apparently it's on his left hand, it's below his index finger. Ah! <laughs> and apparently it's become infected. Oh man. So there's probably pus. And there's oh. probably pus and all kinds of <laughs> like an gooey stuff. Yeah. yeah. Smells really bad. It's got probably, that that, yeah. that rotten stink yeah, to it. It you looks know? like a, like a, like sort of toothpaste when you puncture it. Right. All right, anyway. Um, it, but it got me to think about, you know, a bl- oh, you got a blister or whatever. Dude, oh, I've oh, had oh. some insane, I'm not saying people are saying that, but it's easy yeah. to, to, to brush off a blister. Uh, but I have had some severely painful blisters in my time. And there are all sorts of blisters yeah. and all sorts of areas where they occur. You can take the blisters that occur in your mouth. Oh that can God. be often a, a nightmare. I think the worst ones I've ever had, though, was uh, when I was a kid, and I remember this particularly. I had brand new shoes, and I didn't wear socks, oh. and it was a summertime, oh, and we, we walked. We were outside. I don't know where we are going. I don't remember. We were kids, and we walked for miles, and I mean, mm-hmm. it ate my feet alive. The backs of my heel, you know, the behind your mm-hmm. heel there, the top part of it. You have a bad-fitting oh shoe. God. You have a shoe that bre- that you have to break in for a little while. Yeah. Uh, during that process. Um, yeah, it's a nightmare. So uh, Harper came off the bench on Friday night and actually got a hit. And I was wondering um, if that made the problem worse. Because he had the blister going into that game. He didn't start. And then he, and then he swung, got a hit, and then did not play on Saturday and Sunday. And... <laughs> Like I wonder if like when he swung the bat on Friday it broke. night, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if that if that added to the infection. That is the point at which it becomes like the most painful. Oh, it's the worst when it breaks, and then then I guess the likelihood of or the possibility of infection increases right a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, and he said too, like he, he's had all these blisters before. Like that's nothing for a baseball player to get a blister right. on his hand. So he thought nothing of it, and then all of a sudden it became infected, and now it's you know a pretty big deal. The yeah. blisters you get, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, Preston, from gonorrhea. Oh my God! Stop it's it, just <laughs> right? Hey, well, what's just a nuisance? What do you consider the uh, the? Is it's not a blister? It's not a rash. When you let's say you're at a water park or uh, you go on a log flume and uh, and then you end up getting like a. Like that, that cha- it, I guess that's chafing. chafing. Is that chafing? That's I not think, a blister, I think, right? I, I think chafing and blister are a family. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Because okay. some of the worst, the most painful chafing I ever had right. was on my inner thighs. Yes. We had rented a surfboard. <laughs> oh, I you say, yeah. And I spent hours out on this surfboard. Oh, I was yeah. a kid. And I came back. And I and when I came back from the beach, I got in the shower. And when that water hit. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. It was insanely like painful. Yeah. So because the reason I asked is my buddy when we were in high school we were on a field trip to Great Adventure, and we made the mistake of doing like log flumes and stuff right. like that early on, and he ended up getting the worst chafing press. It was so bad. At the end of the day, he couldn't walk back to the car. I believe it. He had to get a. He had to get on like one of the golf carts that the uh, the park provided, and they had to drive him out to the car. It was oh, wow. so bad. It was really, really bad. So with my and I, I wear um, you know hiking shoes and trail running shoes virtually all the time. Uh, my favorite brand of shoe is Solomon for yeah. that. However, Preston, on my right pinky toe. I always I have to get a protective blister mm. when I get a new pair of these shoes because it always forms in the same spot. Annoying as hell. Uh, I just want to throw a few words out here for Kathy that people are texting in. <laughs> Moist secretion. Oh, gross. Okay. Pulsating corpuscle. 
Yeah. Little phrases. So, do you get um, blisters when playing golf? Um, you can, yeah. I, yeah, I have. I do. Um, like if I've, I haven't swung the club for a while, and then to mm. go to the driving range or whatever, it, that I get them right in this little crook of my, in between my finger. My uh, I get fondue blisters okay. when I'm having fondue. No, I went to the driving range not that long ago, two days in a row. I'd forgotten to have a glove in my Ooh, bag, yeah, yeah. and Ooh. I immediately started getting blisters on my left hand. I get them when playing tennis too. Like I haven't swung the racket in a month. You know, I definitely can get them playing drums. I definitely have calluses from okay. that, mm-hmm. but they, those have to start as small blisters. Oh, you know? okay. Wait, so that that was my question because I'll get calluses at the gym, like from lifting. Weights, so that turns into a blister or starts from a blister. No, I think it's it's like almost like a mild form of a blister at first, and I think your body starts to heal itself by sending more uh, um, and dries it out. Uh, yeah, and, and it, I, I think it sends more like skin cells, protons, uh, and proton yeah, yeah. therapy. Okay, uh, but but you can see, Casey, you can feel. <laughs> yeah, the, I have the. Yeah, uh, I get those from um, from lifting at the. Gym. So yeah. uh, over the years, I guess Dallas. I've done it so much, I no longer get that. So yeah. I, I no longer get those blisters because you know uh, it's. Do you have calluses coming. though? Yes, I have calluses okay. yeah. all along. I would say this is that where I would get it quite frequently, no matter how much I played, uh, was tennis. Yeah, from holding the. the oh yeah, same. Yeah. Um, so this is because I had to look this up. There's a thing in the cycling community called saddle sores. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> which dear. is a which is a taint <laughs> blister, right? Uh, well, they can be all around your area that, that sits on the saddle. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, because I you know I had to look that up. Case um, that's the biggest deterrent I, I, for as many people have told me, and I, and when I was trying it. You know, wear these type of shorts or get this kind of gel seat. I would, it would still agitate. Yeah, you, you really, you have to. There's preventative measures where you use like there's a stuff called butter. Yes, uh, right. Yeah. It's this cream that you yep. use, uh, you know, inside your your shorts. Um, th- then you know, there's stuff that you can use afterwards, but. All right, here's a, a text from a distance runner. It says, and you guys have heard of this before. Uh, he said, I do, if I don't use body glide on my nipples, and I'm a guy, uh-huh. yeah. uh, they will bleed. It's known as a sad clown. Oh. <laughs> and he said, shower afterwards is incredibly painful. Kathy, have you ever heard of, and I didn't hear about this until the sh- show uh, Shrill, okay. uh, Chub Rub? Oh, yeah, yeah, people are texting yeah, in. Yes. Uh, How about gash hash? Yeah, well, it's so chub. I mean, I'll let the female speak on chub rub. Yeah, what uh, is chub rub? I, it's uh, what's the well, what's the stuff that you use? Um, oh, I can't think of the I can't think of the name of it. Anyway, it's it's like guys Motor use oil? it too, but it's like you can use it um, under your boobs or inside your legs, like if your thighs touch when you walk. Yeah, so women who wear like dresses or skirts or whatever, their uh, inner thighs will rub against each other. As they're walking, and huh. so if it's a longer day, you know the it's the, like cha- the, it's cha- for chafing. Oh yeah. well, that's a standard. Well, you, like, yeah. uh, is it called chub rub? Well, that's what. The, yes, I, that's I don't the, the product. The is, product. The product. is that used oh, under your boobs? Hang well? on, because Nick is calling in about yeah. chub rub. Hang on a second. Hey, Nick. Good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, hey what? What's up, buddy? So we called for um, Camden County College uh, for a little bit, and there was one golf course run ungodly hot out that day. And uh, I had the worst case of chub rub. My my inner thighs were on fire. I had blisters. It mm. sucked, and I had to play a full team walking. Oh, that's the friggin' worst. But so there's a uh, there's a product called chub rub as well. Is that what you? I, I didn't know that there was a product called. Is that, yeah. is that a menu okay. item at a whorehouse? I had right? heard that that's the, what I was thinking. The shaping <laughs> itself was called chub rub. No, I'm looking at it right that's now. I think both. That, yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Nick. Preston, Appreciate it. He just made me think of something that is: if you want to talk about the worst blisters to have, 
when you had to wear dress shoes and the back of the dress oh, shoe against your the back of you. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. When, shaving off the skin. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, when, when I was a kid, they called them Sunday shoes. Sunday yeah, shoes. Sunday and you weren't yeah. used yes. to wearing them. And, and you'd walk they around. Hurt. They hurt. They, what? They would, and, and the you, socks were paper thin. Do you know where we got it, both you and I? Mm-mm. The first walk a mile oh. in her shoes. Oh, yeah. Right. We had high yeah. heels on. Yep. Kathy, it was a mile <laughs> on a gravel path yeah. that went up a hill. Steve, uh, you know, when we, people, we couldn't move. When people ask uh, me, uh, you know, about uh, going hiking or, or mountain climbing or whatever, the number one recommendation I always make is get good boots, get oh, good God, shoes. Yeah. Because if you don't and you're hiking and mm. you're out in the middle of nowhere and you have bad shoes or shoes that don't fit and you get one of these blisters, it ruins the entire I trip. I have three brands in rotation. Merrill, Solomon, and Keens, I guess. They yeah. Are. yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, going back to the, the blisters and and how to care for them, I, I remember remember you hearing slip the pus out. No, I remember hearing. <laughs> I remember hearing about this quote unquote cure for it. Oh, okay? please! So and, and I think I tried it and I felt that it did not work. So if you get say a sizable blister, like one that really raises above the skin and it fills up with that liquid, yeah. I've heard if you take a needle and thread, mm-hmm. okay. No, yes. I've heard so, this. so you run the needle through it, which you do, doesn't really hurt. It goes through. Uh, you pull it through the other side, and then you snip each end of the thread. So there's a little bit of thread on each yeah. side hanging out, and apparently it will slowly drain the liquid without causing a big hole in the blister. Right, and then that skin that's on top will, will settle down, and it will act as a natural band aid of sorts to cover that infect not infected area, but the area below it, the real sensitive area. I have heard and I have read that that is, and, and I haven't done, that's been years ago. It's probably I, wrong. But I'm but not sure if that's if that's a way to do it or not. Because you're not supposed to, if it does indeed pop, you're not supposed to peel that dead skin no, off. It's supposed to it, settle in and stay on top of that. It's the area below that can get infected, like Bryce Harper, uh, that apparently can be bad. And I've never known anybody who's gotten infected blister. If you've had one before, feel free. Tell, I, us. I've Tell had, us that lovely story. I've had an infected blister. I'll, t- I'll tell you this. That what you just said is similar to what I would do sometimes, Preston, which would be take a very small needle, heat it, yeah, and then and then do it to let let it drain that way, yeah. Uh, because if you do remove that entire blistered area, the skin underneath is new. So what? And it also there's a, Kane Hodder who played um, Jason Leatherface. Morris. Oh, Jason yeah. Morris. Yeah, he had like a horrible stuntman burn occur, like seventy percent of his body. And he was describing that he said, "Take that little blister yeah. that happens when that happens in the skin underneath, and how it feels hard and it's painful just to move it slightly." That's what he had over seventy percent of his body. Whoa, unbelievable! Mm-hmm. It was a movie accident. Or? He, he was actually showing he loved doing fire stunts and yeah. was good at it. Something went wrong while he was demonstrating for like a show like Extra, and um, he got burned. He got incinerated. Wow. Yeah, nasty. Um, so yeah, but it can, um, it, it, if you get one and it goes bad on you, it can be, it can be pretty debilitating. Oh my a, God. Well, go ahead. Nick. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm seeing a few secret like, uh, hacks for healing blisters or, or Do uh, tell. chafing or whatever. One of them, and I've seen it more than once, secret deodorant apparently on thighs. And then, uh, and oh, then that's uh, for chub rub for chub rub. But yeah. But I saw Casey, I saw it for blisters as well in an earlier text. Um, and then, uh, there was something else that they like, popped in. Um, also, one guy says he's an iron worker and he calls us wimps. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sir. So, sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. Didn't oh, mean to scare you with our, our wimpiness. I work in iron. 
Uh, let me go to, uh, I'm going to go to Jay. Hey, Jay, good morning. Good morning. Hey, buddy, what's up? Hey, so I used to play rugby for uh, this women's and rugby team, uh, and we were playing, and it was 95, 96 degrees, miserable day, and I had my leg taped up, and it was just rubbing against my inner thigh ear. Yeah. I get ingrown hairs like crazy, so I had ingrown hair, and I got a blister on top of it. (sighs) Dude. Oh, no. And it was like the size of a golf ball. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. So and I got in the shower and I just, you know, took pop. the band aid off and oh. popped it. Oh, my God almighty. It and was like, don't we ever seen funnel cake? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> you ruined funnel cake. I'll delete it. Oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> I'll delete. I love funnel cake. I don't care. That's awesome. <laughs> it sounds like Doctor uh, Pimple Popper. Like yeah, you see stuff like yeah, that. So Jay, did that? Did did it ever get infected on you? Yeah, no, it got it bad. So I had to do it again, um, pop it again, and then I put some like ointment on it. And after a while, it kind of went away, but it was wow. early. Probably should have gone to the doctor, don't you think? Eh, doctors are. <laughs> What do yeah, they know? What do they know? All right, thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. Yeah, By the way, your nickname from now on is Funnel Cake. <laughs> Did you ever come in like in the in the uh, winter? If you come in from the cold and you you get that itchy like on the tops of your feet or whatever, uh-huh. and you'll scratch it, you know, and not realizing, and then what you re- realize you later, you ripped your skin off. <laughs> I've never done oh that. Oh my no. god! Oh, I, I'll do like that a... in the shower, mm-hmm. like when oh you know, and your god. skin is is you know sensitive. And let me ask you: if you have that sort of situation, and I think I've mentioned this to you, Nick, where you have, um, if you sp- with hot water spray a part of your body that's itchy, yeah, it's the greatest feeling. It, it, it's a weird pain that's actually relieving. Yes, and I don't think that that's all good for so you. you know, I don't, wait a minute. No, I know exactly hot, what you're talking about. Hot water on an itch? I yeah. Think, I think it might have something to do with uh, with eczema or skin conditions or whatever, but Steve, I, I do the same thing as you. There's a weird, pl- pleasant, pleasing sensation and a bit of relief. Of it hurts so really, good. Really yeah. hot, scalding water. It, it kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, like it... it Kind of hurts so good, and uh, it's a bit of relief. You're the only one I've, who's ever echoed that. I, I, I can't. It just feels good. I can't. I can't think that it. any uh, dermatologist would recommend this course of action. Well, okay. So it says, uh, I found this on Healthline. It says hot water can provide immediate itch relief. Many people with eczema report that very hot water feels good on their skin and takes away the itching and inflammation. This oh. happens. Because hot water can stimulate the nerves on your skin in okay. a way that's similar to that's scratching. That's got to be it then. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's got to be better than scratching, yeah. I, I would, would imagine. Right? Yeah. All right. Okay. So as far as scratching is concerned, where's the best place to get a mosquito bite as far as the scratching is Where concerned? Where is the best? Nowhere. Pl- I've never heard anyone ask that well, question. Well, because you know when you scratch an itch, it feels great. Right to get a mosquito bite. man in the boat. I, that I, was oh my Kathy. God. I don't know. No, mosquito bites are awful. I don't want them anywhere. No, I know. I know. But, but if you're going well, right, to scratch a mosquito bite on your ankle, I think that's the best spot. I'm ankles. assuming you have an answer, right? Yeah, I just said I, my ankles. What uh, about behind ankles? the knee? Yeah. What about behind the knee? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's a good spot, too. That's an erogenous zone. Is it? Yeah. Um, I also remember getting, uh, stepping on a bee and getting a bee sting as a kid. Yeah. And the itch that comes from a bee sting is you almost... You can't relieve that itch. Do, do you guys, when was the last time you were stung by a bee? Uh, man, I got stung by a wasp like like three years ago. 
Damn it, did that hurt. I mean, wow. I, it, it got me, and at first I was like, oh, wow. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, that hurts. Um, yeah. I don't remember any itching. I just Dude. remember severe pain. Do you, so what's the deal? So my wife now is... is She's a, a beekeeper, yeah. She's been stung twice. Uh, oh. And um, so Benadryl. Is, okay. the, is the go-to, and then we have the uh, Dr. Mike gave us uh, FE, I guess, pens, right? Yeah. Right. I had, uh, when I was, at, the last time I got stung, I was a lifeguard and Kath. We were hanging out in the guardhouse. I had a ping-pong paddle. I'm so mad at myself because I swatted this bee out of the air, and then, like... Two hours later, I stepped on it. Oh, because I, I didn't know where it went. Bitch. With my dying breath, I spit at thee. Are you familiar with its uh-huh. Klingon saying, "Revenge is a dish best served cold"? Yeah. It's very cold. It's- Why is this bee quoting Khan? <laughs> so you killed this bee, I, I, but he- I didn't. I swatted it. I didn't know where it went. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those like, "Well, where did it go?" I know I got it. I heard it. I felt yeah. it, and then. You know, an hour or two later, I stepped on that stupid thing. Dude, it's last gasp. It's last (laughs) bit of energy it used to drag itself to where it knew where you were going to step. Damn thee, thou cursed whale. (laughs) He's a fan of Meltzel, too. I did not know that. Very learned. Uh, Getting back to blisters real quick. Yes. um, Calvin Coolidge Jr. got a blister while playing tennis with with his president father, Calvin Coolidge. That blister led to a sepsis infection, oh which ended up killing the poor young man. No. Oh, my God. Yeah, so what year is this? 1924, wow. uh, Calvin yes, Jr. 1925. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are laughing about the death. Calvin Coolidge well, Jr. Turns out the president's son was a pussy. Uh, it was 98 years ago, oh, Kat, yeah. so I think we can laugh at it now. I, I don't know. Well, anyway. Too he, soon? He died. Uh, too soon. My dearest wife, <laughs> I was playing tennis today, and I have a blister. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have been doing it while the battle was raging on the fields of Gettysburg. <laughs> Why is that guy over there that playing tennis? tennis? There are cannons firing. Damn you, man! Fight! <laughs> <laughs> the charge of the tennis brigade. This, this entire battalion comes out, and instead of weapons, they have tennis rackets. Oh my god. <laughs> These guys are useless. <laughs> Tennis Brigade. That's a man listed. Oh, dear God. Uh, yeah, so Calvin <laughs> Calvin Jr., Calvin Coolidge Jr. died from blood poisoning. Yes. Uh, because of that sepsis that set in from a blister. It was on one of his toes. So, Preston, what you were talking about, the draining <gasps> method? Hold on, hold on, Steve. Yeah. He, and, and the reason being is because he played without putting on socks. <gasps> And he got the blister, and he got infected, and it killed him. A wow. little over a week later, died within a week. Oh, man. So no. what you were talking about, about the draining method, you have to be very careful about not getting, um, you know, a blister or a, a puzzle blister infected further, because stuff like that can happen. We have a dermatologist on the line. All right. All right. Uh, let's so go. he's been into space. Let's go to Aspen. Good morning, Aspen. Hey, how are you guys doing? We oh. are doing wonderful. So we're, we're talking about stuff that's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm starting dermatology this year, but I just finished up my first year of internal medicine. Oh. Um, we actually learned about the blisters yesterday. Uh, I was working with an infectious disease specialist. He sees it all the time. People with boot blisters, they actually get, it's like toxic shock syndrome. You know, when you leave your tampon in too long, right. that type of disease. Same thing can happen with blisters. And uh, it can kill you really fast. So if you're not feeling well, you have a blister, even if it looks small and doesn't look infected, 
the bacteria can be in your blood. So oh, you, you've, uh, you've got to, so you got to, mind you, not to make people massively paranoid, but you'll know when something's getting a little bit out of hand and you should get it tended to, correct, Aspen? Oh, yeah, certainly. You'll, I mean, fevers, chills, like, right. you're feeling like you have the flu. If you just have a regular old blister, you know, 99% of the time it'll heal on its own. But it's funny because um, they, you know, Dr. Mike had told us, and we'd, we'd seen a couple of things about what they call on your face the triangle. Uh, and, yeah. and and not popping blisters or pimples yeah. on your face because that can lead to, I assume, a similar kind of blood poisoning? Yeah, it's a, the triangle of death you know, between the eyes and the nose. Um, goes Actually, all those blood vessels drain right into your brain. So the, the concern would be if you get any little bit of bacteria into those blood vessels, they're going to drain backwards into your brain and you can get really bad, uh, you know, Infections in the brain area, which uh, never is good. Right, Aspen. Did you have you ever heard any of what, what Steve and I were talking about earlier? Like using really hot water. As I have eczema, and it, for whatever reason, it's temporary relief. I'm sure it's terrible for my skin. Uh, but have you ever heard of that remedy before? Yeah, people love to do that. It feels really great. Again, especially for eczema, but it's actually the worst thing you can do for <laughs> eczema because it's good. taking off your natural barrier, and then you're going to let more allergens kind of get into those micro Excellent. cracks in your skin and worsen everything. So, no hot water. All right, mm-hmm. so you're going to continue doing yes. it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. I did not know that about yeah. the potential in blisters and sepsis and stuff like that. All right, Aspen. Good luck with everything, and thanks for calling yeah. in. Thanks. Take care, guys. All right, so we'll see you later. In that triangle of death, that is a lot of people. Yeah. Now, mind you, you can just simply put ointments on your blisters and stuff like that. You'll be fine. Right. You don't want to become insane in the membrane. Right. Uh, by the way, I love this text. It says you pussies are playing tennis while I'm doing iron work. <laughs> <laughs> Does it really? Oh, and, and another person. This is this is great. They said they said. The lack of your historical knowledge of the 1920s and the Battle of Gettysburg makes the history nerd in me upset. But God damn it, you guys are so freaking funny. Well, yeah. I don't we have know. any good 20s music, he so just, I played Civil music. War music. Yeah, yeah. played Civil War music, yeah. and it yeah. led us to Gettysburg. I do so. need some good... I, I need to... All right. Cheap, we have the Charleston. Listen, cheap, that's 20s music. Cheap jokes funny. override historical accuracy Agreed. every day. Agreed. Right? Yeah. But they love it. They yeah. love it. All right. So, uh, listen, we need to take a break because I saw Mr. Coach what? Dick Vermeil oh. in the oh. Acme ah, nice. Lounge as we speak. It's so cool. He's sitting out there, and we're going to get him here in the yeah. studio in just a little bit. There's a charity event coming up that he is a part of, and you will want to hear the information about that. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with the B-File, and then we'll get Coach Vermeil, Vermeil in here with us. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. Well, it's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you'll need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, flip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Finals. Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. Take advantage of Pella's summer sale today. You can get 40% off installation for or uh, three-year interest-free financing for a limited time. Visit PellaPhilly.com. Design for today and whatever comes next. So this is a pretty messed up story. Uh, two <clears throat> men were charged with murder 
in a house explosion near St. Louis. And authorities say killed four people who were assembling fireworks in a garage. Yeah, yeah. And they're facing murder charges. Murder charges. Prosecutors say 37-year-old Terrell Cooks and 43-year-old Seneca Mann... Uh, made fireworks and directed younger people on how to load the canisters and attach a fuse for lighting. Jeez. They would then sell the fireworks to others. Uh, neither Cooks nor Man had a license to make or sell fireworks. Uh, they were each charged with three counts of second-degree murder and several other charges. They were charged before a fourth victim died on Saturday. Uh, the victims in the powerful blast that shook other homes and blew out neighbors' windows were identified as a 16, 17, 18, and 21-year-olds. Wow. Authorities have said that a 12-year-old child was also injured in the explosion. Cook said admitted that he and man uh, made explosive devices designed to make a loud bang and bright flash. Investigators saw Cooks moving boxes of chemicals used to make explosives to his vehicle. Ugh. After Friday's explosion, and they found large quantities of completed explosive weapons and components and manufactured them. So I was thinking in this context, the Garucci family, known for making fireworks, they had their facility blow up one time, and it was an accident. So if yep. the pros are blowing themselves up, yeah. perhaps you should stay away from Volatile it. Volatile stuff. You have yeah. to be very, very careful with it. A judge earlier this week dismissed the cannibalism charge against a North Idaho man accused of a seventy-year-old of uh, of killing a seventy-year-old man last year. I have to say, it was rather tasty. Uh, James D. Russell faces first-degree murder for the killing and was bound over on that charge during a preliminary <laughs> hearing. So the prosecutor, Lewis Marshall, said. The court did not find sufficient evidence to show the defendant actually ingested parts of the deceased body. Investigators, he had a toe hanging out of his mouth. Investigators arrested Russell in September on suspicion of killing David M. Flaggett, who oh. was found dead in his pickup truck. An autopsy found that Flaggett died of blunt force trauma to the head and neck. The examiner also found evidence of post-mortem mutilation on several parts of his body. Investigators searched Russell's apartment and found tissue consistent with flesh missing from Flaggett. The flesh was confirmed to be the victim's. Authorities also seized a bloodied bowl and microwave Dear God. from his residence. Lab confirmed these items had Flaggett's DNA on them. But they're dismissing the cannibalism charge as of now because they can't prove that he actually ate those well, it sure missing looks like it. Flesh. I know, right? So he's scheduled for an arraignment. So he we'll even wrote that. over the microwave present where it says pizza. He wrote human flesh. No. No. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, tragic, but Casey, you've mentioned Mount Washington a few times. Yeah. A man died after he was caught in severe weather while hiking a trail near Mount Washington in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. The hiker, Ji Shen, uh, of Andover, Massachusetts, was hiking the Gulfside Trail on Saturday night when he was caught up in freezing temperatures, rife with snow, wind, and sleet. Wow. Reportedly attempting a solo presidential mm-hmm. traverse, which requires hikers to summit several peaks in the presidential range. The hiker's wife contacted the Fish and Game Department to report that she had received a text from him saying that he was wet and cold and could not continue hiking. Uh, the department said in a press release that the hiker further wrote that he felt that he would die without a rescue. Responders uh, fought through strong rains, snowfall, and more than 80-mile-per-hour wind to find the man. Uh, Bob uh, Mancini of the New Hampshire Fish and Game said it, was, it wasn't like June. It was a winter event. Unless you had winter gear... You were not prepared for the condition. So that type of weather yeah. happens in the summertime there. So there, there was a movie recently based on a true story. I think Naomi Watts was in it about a similar thing. about talking about how that mountain is so volatile. Yeah. Uh, he said you were stumbling, staggering, just trying to stay upright in the wind. You couldn't oh see more than one uh, Karen at a time. Uh, cons- uh, conservation officers said that they received several rescue calls on Saturday from hikers who were 
at high elevation summits and ridgelines in the presidential Did range. Did you say Karens? Yeah, C-A-R-I-N. What are you doing on this map? <laughs> Why are you so noisy? Get away from me. Get away from me. I've got uh, pepper spray. You can only see one Karen. Uh, that's how bad it was. I'm another Karen. I don't want you up here. Uh, the conditions in the high peaks were treacherous, the agency said. When they found him, he was unresponsive and in a hypothermic God. state. Uh, they carried him more than a mile to the summit of Mount Washington, where he was placed on a truck and driven down to the mountain service road to a hospital, and uh, he did not make it. Uh, so, yeah, it lives up to its reputation. Mount Washington is uh, is pretty formidable. The, 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 most, the highest velocity wind ever recorded on Earth, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. And can you drive to the top oh, of yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Because I see those, those bumper stickers that say this car climbed Mount Washington. Yeah, yeah, and I've, d- I've done that as well. And it's, listen, if you're not driving and your passenger is terrifying, but I Also was, pee with the wind, right? Pee with the wind. And then also, like, I mean, uh, you have to be careful of, like, your brakes giving out on you on the really? way down. Yeah, because wow. you're riding the brakes so much when you're on your way down. All right, and then finally, uh, this is pretty wild. I know those were pretty horrific stories. Yes. Uh, this one a little... Cannibalism and death by frostbite. Uh, uh, a little lighter. A fisherman in northern Cambodia hooked what researchers say is the world's largest freshwater fish. Did you guys see this thing? No. It is. It's a stingray, and you will not believe how big this thing is. It's a it's freshwater, and it's enormous. Uh, Casey, here's what? a video no. of it. It's just massive. The fisherman caught a the 661-pound <laughs> fish, which measured about 13 feet across. And they caught it with a Popeil pocket fisherman. Oh, Preston. my goodness. Uh, it was near a remote island on the Mekong River. A team of scientists uh, helped tag measure and weigh the ray before it was released back into the river. I don't think they were aware that they got this big, right? I mean, Not in the river. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the research group believes that it was healthy when released and expects it to survive. The tag will allow researchers to track... I'm only two years old. ...the fish's <laughs> movements, and they hope they learn more about the species' behavior. Uh, the catch highlights how little they know about these giant freshwater fish. Let's go for coffee. A specialist said you have a fish that's now the record holder in the world's largest freshwater fish, and we know little about it. Uh, they caught the giant, the fisherman caught the giant stingray with a hook and line on the evening of June 13th and contacted researchers the next morning. Uh, and researchers were already in northern Cambodia to install underwater receivers as part of a project to track migratory fish in the river. So they jumped right on this. It's amazing. And they, they, they threw it back out there, so now they'll be able to track it and find out more about uh, these animals. So it's pretty wild, man. That's it. We're going to wrap the bizarre file with that one. Uh, don't forget, today is Tuesday. You want to win a Preston and Steve-themed tattoo. Text word tattooed, 39333. Nice. Giving away $350 gift certificate from our friends at Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. They're at 1729 South Street in Philly. Do a search for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. You'll see how awesome uh, these artists are. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Coach Stick Vermeil yeah. is in our Acme Lounge right now, and he's going to be in here. There's a charity event coming up that he's a part of that you can be a part of, and actually we're going to have uh, tickets to give away. Uh, it's coming up on Friday. I'll tell you more about it when we get back. Yeah, nice. Stay with us. We'll return shortly. Hey, gang, a huge thank you to everyone that signed up for the I Bleed for Preston and Steve blood drive. Appointment slots are pretty much full, so we just want to remind everyone that has signed up to please be on time for your appointment. And if you couldn't get into our event this year, we encourage you to find a blood drive near you. We want to thank each of our donation locations. The Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks. And the Embed Center inside Live Casino in Hell, Philadelphia. All donors get the newest Preston and Steve t-shirt and on-site refreshments, including Everfresh Juice. 
plus a reusable tote bag from our friends at Window Nation. The I Bleed for Preston and Steve Blood Drive, benefiting the American Red Cross. Sponsored by Recovery Centers of America. For addiction and mental health treatment, call 1-800-RECOVERY. For 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. We are thrilled to have our next guest in the studio. He is headed for the NFL Hall of Fame this year. So great. Well-deserved. And may I say, for my first time meeting him in person, He's a damn good-looking man. <laughs> Please welcome Coach Dick Vermeer. Thank, Thank you. Good morning, Thank Coach. You. Nice to be with you. Nice to see you. I, I have to. I'm going to start right off with the way you look. You're 85 years old, I believe. Yes. Sir. I wow. only. There's no way I'll look like that. <laughs> no, way. no way. You look, you look fantastic. Well, thank you. I inherited good genes, drink good wine, and uh, I work out. Okay. There you go. All those things. Yeah. I Working out in, is a key. Yeah. Admittedly, I, I, went, I met you in the Acme Lounge. I wanted to go over and say hi, and uh, I was very nervous. <laughs> very, very no nervous. No reason to be nervous around me, believe me. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I grew up in this area. I was a, you know, an Eagles fan, season ticket holder for as long as I can remember. Um, you were the first head coach of the team that I can remember. Uh, so yeah, so going in there, I was like, I don't say the wrong thing. So I, I just decided to not say much at all. It's probably great. <laughs> you know, though, though I have to say, it's a funny thing because when I when I see you, I think of something that's burned in, in the in the minds of uh, all of us on the show. At least Preston, I know for years when we did the camp out for hunger at the Adams Mark. Yeah, we there would was, be, we would actually be camped in this parking lot for a week <laughs> under the billboard with your face on yeah. it. Yes, Independence Blue Cross. <laughs> yes, I still represent them. Yeah. Oh, there you go. We yeah. woke up every morning to a giant <laughs> dick, dick for meal uh-huh. <laughs> right in front of us. Did it so. give you a headache? No, <laughs> it was a pleasant, warm smile. Yeah. We were only too happy to be there. But it absolutely you. was. Hey, congratulations on uh, the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, the induction is in August, August. I believe. Yes, okay. it is. First week in August. August sixth. The actual uh, induction day. It's at noontime this year on a Saturday, uh, so people can hold their celebration party Saturday <laughs> night. Nice. Uh, you were telling us an interesting story off air. The first person to call you when word got out about that was who? One of them was Mario Andretti. Yeah. Mario Andretti. That wow. was a big thrill to me because you know I grew up in a, in a garage. My dad's old garage right behind the house. He was in small time auto racing, and uh, those kind of people were always held in very high esteem for me. And Mario Andretti has always been one of my favorite individuals. Was wow. there was there a point at which you might have veered into the world of racing yourself? Oh, that was my ambition. Yeah. yeah wow. I wanted to. I, probably for a number of reasons, but yeah, I had, in fact, I still have the old race car my dad had. I'll show it at uh, the museum on Saturday at the what, Simeon place. But a, anyway. Uh, a great event. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to do initially. But a high school football coach came in there and convinced me maybe I could play college football, so I changed my mind. Wow. There we go. Where did you end up playing your, your ball? San Jose uh, State. I, wa- I wasn't much of a player. San Jose State. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, real quick, I was at a, uh, a charity function of yours, uh, or that you were at years ago. It was probably 15 years ago, maybe even more. But uh, what you don't know <laughs> is what I know. Uh, this is at the Sheridan in Old City. Uh, you had pulled up into the uh, the carport area, and you dropped off your, it was a Porsche. I believe it was a 911 Carrera. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, two, yeah two, 2000, and, uh, let's see, 2014? Okay. Yeah. Well, you went in. And the uh, the valet 
did not know how to drive your car. And it was like, <laughs> just grind. I was like, oh my God, thank God he's not here right now. Yeah. Just grinding your gear, something fierce. Yeah, it was a great car. I, I, I drove it for 10 years off Did you on. really? Okay. Yeah, when I retired for coaching and came here, it wasn't real practical for me living out in Chester County. No. I, I put 30,000 miles on it. It was a beautiful automobile. My wife bought it for me as a gift. Oh. Really? You know, I was too cheap to buy it myself. <laughs> she bought it for me as a gift, and I really love the car. You yeah. probably could have put scared 40, myself with it a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in Chester County. That's a bit of a commute yeah, uh, well, to get into the city. But, uh, you know, I lived in Bryn Mar when I was coaching. Okay, oh, when you were right, coaching, you were moved, actually moved into Chester County in, in uh, 1987, believe it or not. So beautiful out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know what heaven looks like, but I think I'm living there. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's just gorgeous. Uh, I do want to mint the, uh, mention the event. We'll, we'll chat some more. But uh, the fifth annual Philadelphia Concours d'Elegance at the uh, Simeon Foundation Automotive Museum is this weekend. It's Friday and Saturday. We were just talking about this museum, which is phenomenal. Well, yes. Dr. Simeon had just passed just away. Passed, yeah. And uh, yeah. we were talking about this amazing collection of vehicles that are there. Um, and, and you're going to have uh, the race car that you had mentioned. What what kind of car is that? It's an old Sprint car, number we, the old Black 7. Well, okay. You know, it, it's, it uh, looks a lot better than it used to when it was a race car. <laughs> I, I restored it to show it. And display it and those kind of things. And I've donated it to the Sprint Car Hall of Fame in Knoxville, Iowa, because my dad's in that Hall of Fame. So when wow. I'm finished playing with it, I'll send it there. Can you I still... assume it doesn't have the big uh, right? Uh, no, no, way. no, no. It. This built in 1926. Oh, oh. wow! It, there's no safety feature on it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you still throw uh, up the hood and, and tinker around and do some work under the? Oh yeah, that that vintage. Yes, easy. But yeah, uh, not the modern not the, not the new stuff. No, yeah. I opened the hood today. I can't believe what I see. <laughs> under the... mm-hmm. yeah. So is that is that sort of a Zen thing for you? If you do a little automotive work, is yeah. that a, yeah? You know that background has helped me all through my career. Okay. I mean, I fixed a light switch in the house the other day, you know. If I, if I hadn't grown up working in a garage, you know, I know people that can't dump the garbage. Right, right. change the light switch. You know? Right, right, so, right, right. Uh, so tickets are available for the event. You can get them now. We, we will uh, give some away uh, in a little bit. But when are you going to be there, Coach? What, I'm uh... there Friday night for the gala. Okay. We'll have a little Vermeil wine event there. And, and the people that volunteers and everything will be nice. Then Saturday from 10 to 3 o'clock is the display of the Carol Shelby Cobras oh and, the Viper, oh, wow. and the Viper and the people that actually promoted and made Carol Shelby Shelby Cobra cars worldwide famous are going to be there as well. Amazing. Yeah. Did I hear you say off air that some of your grapes at your vineyard were damaged in the fire last yeah, year? We, we lost all our red grapes in the 2024 fire. Mm. Yeah, they the vines did not burn. They were damaged by the smoke. Now we picked the Zinfandel and the Petite Syrah thinking they made it. About the third process with our winemakers in making that wow. wine, they d- determined it was not the quality, and we had to dump it. So about fifty thousand dollars worth of grapes went. How, um, how precarious wow. is that? Because uh, you know, there's um, the wine culture is a very. Uh, I, I don't drink, and yet I'm fascinated by wine culture. I'm the vineyard to the whole thing, but the um, with with a vineyard. Uh, you know, it seems like there's just a like a plethora of things that you have to be worried about. It has to be just right, and you're constantly doing this sort of slalom. Is that a correct perception, or is it a little, little bit easier than we would think? No, you're right on. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right on, and it's so many variables that control the quality of the grape. Now, if you're making high-end quality wines like we do, you right. know, we don't make a lot, but we make it right, and it's expensive. And now we have over 470 club members, 135 here in Philadelphia. Wow. So uh, it's very delicate, very, uh, you know, and I'm not an expert on it, believe me. But right. 
the vineyard I'm involved with, the Freddie Annie Vineyard, is a 170-acre vineyard today. My great-grandfather on the Italian side of my family owned 18 acres of it a long time ago. In fact, we still pick it. Really? But, uh, yeah, it's, there's a lot of issues. We've had forest fire problems. Yeah. We've had earthquake problems. We've had flooding problems. We've had high temperature problems. The climate is gradually changing a little bit, and you really have to know what you're doing if you're going to continue to produce quality, quality wine. Right, right, right. Wow, so this goes back in your family history. Yes, my great-grandfather got a bold though I carry on the Italian side. Summer home was in Calistoga. Huh. And I was born in that home. Fortunately, my dad loved it there and turned the old barn into a garage when he was a kid and worked there until he passed. Wow. Wow. You know what I was realizing I was having this conversation is uh, you're the same age as my father. And uh, my dad played uh, college football for um, uh, University of Kentucky, so yeah. Wildcats, and yeah. actually played against people like Fran Tarkenton and uh, oh my Don, God. Don yeah. Shula was an assistant him. coach uh, yeah. for him as well. Sure. And I love hearing stories about that time and that uh, stage of the game and the way it was played back then <laughs> and what a different animal it was. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. brutal. Yeah, it really was. It was 11 on 11. Yeah. Uh, he'd, he'd tell, he would tell me stories about, uh, you know, some dirty tricks that were that were used in pileups and stuff, yeah. reaching under and, like, you know, fish hooking and stuff like that in the nose. And uh, my dad played with, uh, he had broken wrists and he played with casts on. Oh, he, oh my know, gosh. It's when they played, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Iron Man football. They played both. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I played sides. both ways in college. Did you really? Poorly, but I played poorly. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did you? Uh, did you come out unscathed, or were there any injuries yeah, along know, the way? No knee injuries or anything. You wow. know, I, I, I think there are more knee injuries and all that kind of stuff today in the modern game that uh, we experienced in the earlier. I phases just think of pro people football. are too fast for <laughs> what bodies can handle. I, I, you know what I mean? Do you think, like, that, I, do you think that's it? That, that's that, 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 that's what's exacerbating the knee injuries. What, what Casey's well, saying: the know, size of the athlete. You know, kids today grow up sitting in front of a computer. Yeah. I didn't know what one was until I went back into coaching. You know? Yeah. Really, you know, and you, you grew up riding bicycles and doing all these activities outside. I have to think it adds to the quality of the strength and conditioning of your knees and your hips and everything around your body. But, hmm. I, you know, I, I can't prove it, but I just think also the approach uh, less contact and everything you know, within the practice sessions, shorter sessions and all that. I think sometimes it's defeating its own purpose because they aren't truly prepared for the tempo of the game then on Sunday. Wow. You know, just as an old man's opinion. Okay. <laughs> I apologize in advance if you get tired of talking about this subject, but I'd like to ask you about uh, January 11th, 1981, uh, the championship game against the Dallas Cowboys. My dad was in attendance that game. Uh-huh. It was a, he sat at the 40-yard li- uh, line. He never had good seats to any Eagles games ever, but somehow scored tickets on the 40-yard <laughs> line. And he contends that the loudest he ever heard the vet was when Wilbert Montgomery scored the touchdown, the the, the winning touchdown, and, and ran for 40-plus yards to, to uh, score that touchdown. What are your memories of that day and, and of that run in particular? Well, I remember the run specifically because it was put in the game plan to, uh, to counter everything we'd been doing from shotgun formations and shifting and all that kind of stuff. And it was very predictable. If you got in specific formations against the Cowboys, they would be in specific type of man coverages where they're all watching the wide receiver spread. When Wilbert Montgomery broke that run, the wide the corners and safeties didn't even see him. They were all in man-to-man situations initially. And, you know, Wilbert was here in town Thursday night with Jaworski's event. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he looks great. You know, I made a coach out of Wilbert Montgomery when I went back into coaching because I was deeply in debt for him for him making me look a lot smarter than I really was. But I, I remember a lot of things about that game. But maybe what 
doesn't get a lot of credit is to how well Marion Campbell's defense played that day. John Bunning, Carl Harrison, Bill Berge, Frank LaMaster, those guys, you know, we just lost Claude Humphrey this year, passed on, but those guys dominated the line of scrimmage. When you hold Dallas to like they did, those kids really, really played. That's amazing. Uh, we, we, go ahead, Kate. I was going to ask you what your thoughts are. That You know, what sort of uh, aspects are, uh, can you... And indicate that uh, makes a good coach, right? Not not a, co- a coordinator because I'm, you know, I was talking to. I actually got to talk to uh, Dallas Goddard and uh, Avante Maddox uh, in the off season. And I was talking to him about uh, Jonathan Gannon, who is the defensive coordinator at, for the Eagles right now, and they're like, he's going to be a head coach one day, right? That that he just has it, and I don't know what it is. You know, there there are you know countless coordinators in and around the league that you know never get that shot to be the head coach but there's for some reason there is just this this quality that that these coordinators have that make them a good head coach and i don't know if you can pinpoint what that you know what those qualities are well i think probably number one you have to be able to connect Mm -hmm. with people you know if they don't trust you they don't listen to you right more so today than ever before because the kids we're coaching today weren't uh Raised like I was raised. Mom and dad right there, strict yeah. discipline. And everybody else's father had the rights to discipline you as well. Mm. Plus, don't get in trouble at school. Yeah. You know, you'd really have your butt in trouble. You know, <laughs> right, yeah. They're all raised differently today. So I, I think uh, you have to be better at communicating and connecting with people, earning their trust, you know. Caring about them a little bit more, baby them a little bit more. You know, no one babied me when I was growing up. <laughs> Probably you guys either. Yeah, you know, right. You know, and today, it's. A, I think you've got to be more conscientious in regard to them as people before you really get into the details as a football player. Do you think the coach ends up these days being more a paternal figure in some cases? Uh, you know, that you have more of that the, a guidance. We we were talking to. Uh, um, you know, we've talked to a number of coaches, and, and they John Tortorella yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Specifically, yeah. Like, did you have to be more? You have to be more that than you know, just a nuts and bolts, you know, game um, instructor and uh, coordinator. As Casey w- was saying, you have to be something more. You have to be a little bit more of a, of, a, of a, a guiding hand. Well, I think that's true. I think the player is more sophisticated. They come out of college in the NFL more sophisticated as right. a football player. The things you see them do in college games today as well as high school games. It's mm-hmm. amazing what they're doing with the football. And I absolutely sometimes look at myself and I'm disappointed. I didn't think about some of those things that they're doing today. Right. And if I'm that smart, why wasn't I doing it? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about, um, uh, uh, Preston and I, uh, about um, Greg Kinnear's depiction of you. You were consulted on the film Invincible. Not really. Uh, well, not really? No. no, they they gave me the the manuscript to read. I read it. And I remember calling the the people, and when I actually read it uh, on an airplane trip, I was coaching the Chiefs. We were flying the West Coast. And I read it out and back, and I called them up. I said, "You know, there's a lot of things in this movie in this script that aren't true." Okay. Really? I said, "Coach, we're not doing a documentary. Ah. We're telling a story." Yeah. And they did a good job of telling the story. Okay. They really did. Okay. Did you have there any... were a lot of things that weren't true in it. Did you have any big issues with the movie? But no. Okay. No. No. I've only seen it once. Okay. I saw it as a... Pre- I don't like to see myself in things I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't read things that I've been interviewed by. And I did... John Wooden told me this a long time ago. And I thought, if it worked for him, it's going to work for me. Okay. <laughs> he says... 
don't read all the stuff they write about you because it's probably not all true. He said, don't uh, listen to all the things they say about you. It's probably not all true. And some of it's good, some of it's bad. It's All it is is the distraction. And he told me this when I took the head coaching job at UCLA. He said, you don't need the distraction. You know, and I just kept for probably 80% of my career that way. That's good advice. Yeah, yeah I, agree, I agree. I do have to admit, though, outside of maybe the story in Invincible... Greg Kinnear, I think he was a good ca- a good cast as you. I think there's some similarities uh, in presentation. I, I think my wife would have rather had Brad Pitt. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, could work. The same thing with Kurt Warner's new movie. If you yeah. haven't seen that, that's very well done. I have and not. I've appreciated that. It's called American Underdog. Right. I appreciated that because they actually called me and talked to me about some specific conversations that I I help. We'll never forget that I had with him. Mm-hmm. And they used a couple of them within the movie. So it, it added credibility hmm. to the movie for me. Right. Who played That's you some, in that movie? Uh, excuse you know, remember I'm 85. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I already that proved up. everything doesn't work the same. Okay. <laughs> uh, with with the, the Kurt Warner story, uh, such an interesting, you know, rags to riches uh, no situation. How was that when it was happening? Could you believe that he was able to perform like that out of nowhere? You know, I knew he could play. Yeah. I didn't know he could play at the level he played. Yeah. And I don't think anybody on our staff, Mike March was a great offensive coordinator, Al Saunders, these guys, Jim Hannaford, a lot of experience. But none of us could predict he could play at the level that he played. I, I, I liken it or compare it to the great military guys, our heroes. You don't know who's going to be a, a hero. Right. Medal of Honor winner until he's in the battle. Right. You yeah, know, and you, exactly. You can't, you can't predict it. But I, he went way beyond my expectation. I know in the sport of uh, of golf, say when they when they're choosing Ryder Cup teams, I've I've heard that uh, rather than uh, you you want to get somebody who's you want to get your consistent players, but you also want to get someone who's hot because when they're hot. Who knows how long that's going to last, but when it does, it can be magic. And he seemed to have gotten hot at the right time. Well, you know, in the movie, they left out his very first year with the St. Louis Rams, Mm. 1998, okay? The movie depicts him in 1999, Mm -hmm. taking over, coming right out of the Arena League. He was with us a full year as the third quarterback running the scout team's offense, the opponent's offense all week. And I remember many times walking off the fields saying to myself, Either this kid can play or our defense stinks. <laughs> he would eat us alive every day yeah. running the opponent's offense. So that's why we kept him, and that's why we made him the number two quarterback in 99. And then we lost Trent Green, and we move him in, and he goes, he just, nobody in the history of that position has ever done what he did the first six games of his career. Wow. By the way, the guy that uh, plays Coach for me on that is this guy named Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Dennis Quaid. Oh, That's yeah. a good Thank one. You. Mm-hmm. Thank that's you. good. Yes. He likes our wine, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, next man up, I mean, that's that's how Tom Brady got his start. Yeah. You know? Like, right. somebody doesn't go down, he doesn't go, you know, under yeah. center. Right. And have the career. Who knows? Maybe he would have had the career that he would have, but it would have started a little bit later on. But... Um, you know, with what happened, and and I just love what happened with Kurt because even after his career, he's had like a nice long story career as far as a, you know a broadcaster is concerned. No question. When he showed up at my house mm-hmm. to announce that I had made the Hall of Fame, I I knew if they were going to put a coach in, mm-hmm. I would be the coach because they determined that earlier in the year. But they've only put ten coaches in the last twenty five years, so I I knew it wasn't automatic. And when right. my wife knew they were coming. I did not. I thought it was a UPS truck coming down the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> and I walk out, and there's Kurt Warner walking through the woods in his gold jacket. Oh. I said, oh, my God. That's yeah. amazing. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Wow. 
And and you're being inducted as an, an Eagles coach? As an Eagles coach, yes. Okay, and do you get to make that choice, or is yes. it because it was your longest tenure? You do get yeah, to make that Yeah, I remember when they asked me. They said, now, Coach, you don't have to tell us right now because it's probably going to take you some time to think about which team you want to go in. And I said, you kidding me? I'm going in as an Eagle. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. All right, Excellent. so to that end, uh, you won as head coach with the Rams, uh, but as a fan, you got to wa- watch the Eagles win the Super Bowl a few years ago. Uh, which made you happier? Because there's a lot of pressure involved with, with winning as a head coach. I don't know if you get to enjoy it as much, or, or do you? Well, yeah, you do. Uh, the deep emotion was there for both. I mean, I really f- felt uh, extremely well. In fact, I teared up, which I do easily. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I was watching a game with Louis Jamona. Remember him? My nephew played here. Jets, mm. right? Yeah, and we Jets. were down in Key West, uh, staying down there out of the cold, and uh, we were watching it from there, and we both teared up. Mm. Because that was, I mean, you know, the city deserved it, and the whole organization deserved it. Jeffrey Lurie right on down. It's hard to get there, hard to win that football game. Well, let me ask about um, just how hard it is to coach in professional football, because you, you did it with here, you know, here with the Eagles for a number of years, and then you took some time off. Yeah, you bet. Um, and uh, so I don't know, you know, why you know you took off like over ten years, maybe twelve 14. years, 14, fourteen years. Okay, um, I, was that to raise a family? Was that just to kind of you know get your head clear? And 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 why did you come back? Well, I I took it off to regroup emotionally. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan to be out fourteen years. I knew I needed a break. Mm-hmm. Carol and I determined it, and she says, you know. <laughs> You got to take a break, and I—I I was not a good listener to the people that gave me advice, the Sid Gilmans, the Lynn Styles, the Carl Petersons, that would tell you, Leonard Toast, you can't keep doing what you're doing the way you're doing it, and I wouldn't listen, and it caught up with me. I think probably there's more terms, uh, technical terms for what happened to me. I use the term burnout. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what I was even saying. Yeah, but. Uh, then I went out, and then uh, I went from making $75,000 a year coaching the Eagles to 150 working six, 14 weekends a year. Yeah. And, no, 16 weekends a year broadcasting NFL games. And this is stealing for a little bit. <laughs> right. Just do a little bit and of research. And, yeah, so, yeah, well, then fun. you weren't, yeah, so you weren't away from the game for 14 years. How much did, as far as the coach is concerned, how much did the game evolve in 14 years that you were away from coaching? A lot. Yeah. A lot. Bigger, faster. A lot more money. Uh, when I came back in, the coaches still had control of developing their team. Today, they really don't. And uh, uh, it's much tougher on a coach taking over a losing team today than when I took it over. But you took over a losing team, but then turned it into the greatest show on turf. So, like, you... There yeah, was... but I could do it the way I wanted to do it. It right. wasn't controlled by a union. And, you know... a Let's say you take over a losing team today. You have to coach them within the time frames and the restrictions... As uh, the same as the teams have been beating you all along, and the reason the job's open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you you can't you can't say, guys, we're going to double practices. Yeah. We're going to go double days all the time. We're never going to take the pads off until we start really winning. You can't do that anymore. No. So it makes it tougher. It's more just personnel department, organization of personnel, and doing the best job you can do within the restrictions. It's it's tougher. The money does kind of turn me off to the game a bit. Uh, hearing the numbers being thrown around just are so astronomical to me. I'm not, I'm not a, as, I mean, these guys are, are big yeah. football fans right here, Casey. And I was Dad. just talking about this, though, the other day, Press. The, 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 I, don't, as, I don't bristle at it because these players and, and coaches are not going to make that money if the owners are not oh, making no. that money. You know what well, I mean? I, agree, yeah. with you. I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. You sold the Denver Broncos for $4.6 billion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
You know, there are quarterbacks making more money right now than Eagle, than Leonard Toast paid to buy the Eagles. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Uh, yearly. Okay. Yeah. So I like the percentage of money going to the players. You know, now I started in the league in 1969. So I know some guys that are have some years on them. I'm flying to see one tomorrow in Lexington, Kentucky, my center, Guy Morris. And now he missed one game in seven seasons. Whew. And he's got some real issues. These guys pay a price mm. yeah. to pay, play this game. That's and, the consideration. And, yeah, yeah, and they the, didn't get... Some guys had summer jobs, in off-season oh jobs, you know, to meet requirements yeah. and, to financially. So I'm all for making all the money they can make. Well, especially and, in football. Yeah. Like, the the um, the average football career is not that long. You know, it, it, it's not the same as... You know, and, and also, the, the money's not there to spread around because... The rosters are so big, right? You take a basketball team, you know, you got like a, what, a 12-man roster or something yeah. like that. Football is 53-plus, you know, yeah. uh, people that don't practice, squad. practice squads and stuff like that. So, you know, the the it's it's harder to make that money go around, right? So, Well, they, they have enough to spread it out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they could make a little... 40 million a year to play. Yeah. Yeah. It occurred to me yeah. not that long ago that the owners in the NFL, uh, owners of any uh, professional sports franchise, that's not the only thing that they do. And in a lot of respects, like they, these are um, almost like uh, fun projects, side projects for them, right? They make their money elsewhere, and then they buy an NFL franchise, uh, but they've built their empire and their fortune doing something other than being an owner in the NFL. And chances are there's no place else they could put their money that would continue to grow in value than an NFL football right. team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just stop. Just think of the progression of the sales of the Philadelphia Eagles over the years. Yeah. yeah. Leonard Toast buys it for, what, 16, sells it for 65. I think the next, uh, Norman Brayman, somewhere around 200. Then Jeffrey Lurie. That, and now you couldn't buy the Eagles for four and a half billion dollars. No. It's insane. It's a good investment it's if you can insane. afford it. Yeah. So yeah. it's a good investment. Yeah. <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, there are teams like Jeffrey and other that really love the game. Right. Yeah. You know, there are the people that buy it for the business reasons. Yeah. You know, rather than football reasons. Is right. it similar to owning a uh, you know a vineyard because of this? All oh, they have all these plethora yeah. headings, but you love it. I should have bought vineyard a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 Really. Now it's. Three hundred thousand dollars an acre. Oh wow! And up. And wow. up. Well, you're and seeing up. you're seeing more celebrities getting into oh, yeah. uh, not just vineyards, but uh, distilleries and and, and the world of, of alcohol and and making a, a, a mint at it. Yeah. yeah, just in the Napa Valley alone. Yeah. See, people coming into the Napa Valley uh, to get involved with a second career. You know, they buy a vineyard, get involved with a winery, get a whole thing going on there in it. You know, it's a good way to. Start out with a big fortune and, and make it a small fortune, but they don't care. They've already right. made the money. I, I know one very personal friend that sold his winery, home, and vineyard to two executives from Apple. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, there you what go. They want to do the, the last third of their life. You know, it's sort of a it, uh, it's a side a cottage industry basically for yeah. them. Yeah. Where is your vineyard? In Calistoga, the Napa Valley. I wish okay. I owned it. I don't. Uh, okay. But uh, Freddie Annie family owns it. Right. But uh, I've been involved with it all my life. Now, you have this uh, garage uh, Cabernet, I believe? Well, someone nicknamed it. No, we make three Cabernets. Okay. But about 125 cases of each. It's expensive. It's $150 a bottle. Wow. How many gets... cases did you bring for us this morning? <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I don't, I'm almost out of it in my own what? home. Really? Yeah. That's we're we're out right? of our Sauvignon Blanc already. But uh, we, this year, we'll bottle about 1,800 cases. Normally, we're over 2,000 cases a year. Okay. You know, but, you know, only... Four percent of the grapes picked in California come from the Napa Valley. Really? Yeah. That's why it's more expensive. It's more exact 
uh, great Tarawa and climate temperature compared to the great French areas. Okay. So it's very, very specific to its region as yes, far as what is. you get. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to wow. uh, to ask you, because at the event, which is the 5th Annual Philadelphia Concourse de Elegance at the Simeon Foundation Automotive Museum, that's a long title, uh, you're yeah. going to have uh, former employees, Carol Shelby's early employees. Peter Brock, yes, and Chuck Cantwell. They're the people that really uh, made the Cobra a, a national worldwide name on the track and to the just everyday customer that could afford one. There's a few. We're going to have a number of them there. It's by invitation only. Did you know uh, Carol Shelby? Did you? No, I did not, yeah. but I loved the movie. Oh, you saw Ford versus Ferrari? Very well done. Oh, my yeah. God, is that amazing? Very well, and the documentary on him yeah. uh, on Netflix is very, very good, too. Okay. Yeah. I definitely have to say, I haven't seen the documentary. No, I've seen Ford versus Ferrari, though. Love it. Yeah. Um, well, we do have uh, tickets to give away uh, to the event, and this will be for the, the gala uh, that the coach was talking about, and uh, you can get early access to a selection of uh, American, European, classic, and antique automobiles while there. And, of course, uh, Coach Vermeil will be there, as well as uh, we mentioned Peter Brock and uh, also uh, Mr. Campwell will be there. So let's give away some tickets. We'll take uh, callers uh, 10 and 11 at 215-263-WMMR. Uh, and, uh, and and as you were saying uh, off air, this, this museum, and we talked about it last week because uh, Dr. Simeone had passed away, but it is one of the best-kept secrets in this area. Oh, it is unbelievable. It's yeah. a little hard to find. It's, a little, it's 6825 Norwich Drive over in that airport area, mm-hmm. but it is really something. It's, it's considered one of the finest auto museums of its type in the world. They have uh, such a collection of very unique cars, one Rare. of the kinds that'll just blow your mind, And it's but it's also set up to accommodate events like this wonderfully, so there, it, it, you're going to have a fantastic time. Yes. Excellent. Uh, Coach, it's a pleasure. Thank hey, you so much pleasure. for coming Thank by Thank you for today. the opportunity. And congratulations on the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Coach Dick Vermeer, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. With that, we're going to take a quick break. We will come back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. More on the show. WMMR.com. The way thing that rocks. Events, photo galleries, car gear in the rock shop. And WMMR.com. Hey, I wanted to... Hey! Hey! <laughs> I wanted to say what an awesome visit that was from Dick Vermeil. Oh, amazing. Just the nicest man with a ton of great stories. 85. Blows my mind. Mm. And I also wanted to back sell because we didn't really get to touch on the charity that they're raising funds for for this event. The 5th Annual, and you said, Steve, this is a mouthful of an event. The 5th yeah. Annual Philadelphia's Concours de Elegance at the Simeon Foundation Automotive Museum. Uh, and it is for cool cars for kids. And Dick was telling us that he, uh, it, I think, is a grandchild is a special needs yes. adult, twenty eight right. years old. And so this is raising money uh, to help out with this organization. And apparently they um, they uh, provide help for children with rare genetic diagnoses and their families. Uh, and support research that will identify the best possible treatments for them. So very important stuff and very uh, close to his heart. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that we did mention that. And that's a, that is a wonderful cause. Yes. Uh, so uh, this sounds like a great event. He's going to have his own personal, his father's uh, racing sprint car, 1926 Ford Miller Schofield Special. And uh, some of uh, Carol Shelby's right hand men, right hand men who got the uh, the Shelby Cobras going and everything are going to be there. It's a it's a it's a uh, it's a, a gearheads. Oh my god! Yes, thing, so. and honestly, that the, the uh, Ford versus Ferrari, Matt Damon is oh, so man. goddamn good as oh, yeah. 
as uh, Carol Shelby. And by the way, tickets for this are if you go to WMMR.com, they're twenty five bucks. Nice. And you get to meet, you get to meet the coach and ask him questions and just just the nicest man. So yeah, that was very very cool. Uh, speaking of a nice man and charity events, Michael Barkan. Yes. Our good friend uh, had his uh, charity golf outing yesterday, and we definitely wanted uh, to throw some love out there. It was the Barkan Family Healing Hearts Foundation. Uh, met uh, Michael's wife yesterday for the oh. first time. She was awesome. And so this is, a, this is another, you know, passion project that they're involved in. And uh, we played at uh, French Creek Golf Club. Um, and it is, I'm, I'm going to say this is a pretty bold statement. I think that that golf course, and I've played a lot in our area, has by far the most beautiful views I've ever seen on really? a golf course. Just stunningly gorgeous. Number one, Chester County is just beautiful. It's, you know, rolling hills and farmland, and it was just, it was so great. And it was a beautiful day. We had a great time. And our boy here, our boy. Yeah? The Casey boy won the longest drive. Contest. Wow. Yeah, he did. Which, listen, he a Bomb! I saw it. I hit this thing so hard. I uh, I think I swung out of my shoes. But the only reason I uh, like feel a lot of pride with that particular one is I'm playing against and with former professional athletes. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah. I outdrove Seth Joyner and Ricky Metallico and, and John Runyon, and John Runyon, and mm-hmm. you know some of these dudes. And uh, yeah, so but. I was kind of like my only shining moment. I didn't play well yesterday. Preston, on the other hand, he kept our our group together. Uh, if it weren't for Preston, we when you play these scramble formats, right? You really should finish under par. So and you, you play Pre- the best ball, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if, and if Preston wasn't playing with us, there's no way we would have finished under par at all. <laughs> so Preston kept us together when, when we were going off the tee box, and we played. With um, four great gentlemen, uh, Justin from Xfinity Live, and uh, who else was it? Connor. Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other call- two guys. Oh, the other two guys. I, I Rex forget. Orange County and uh, Sam Tompkins. Uh, I can't remember their names. I just <laughs> remember who they look like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but these guys were great. We uh, were not the best golfers, and Preston kept us all together, man. Thank you so much. Preston. A lot of fun, though. You said oh, it's a very difficult, difficult course, though, it's right? A, God. Dude, it, it'll chew you up and spit you out. I lost so many balls yesterday. French Creek is mm-hmm. the type of golf course where if you if you hit anything out of play, you're penalized harshly, as in mm-hmm. you won't get that ball back. Like, there's no way it's wow. gone, and it's gone for good. And and amongst our group, and I think that this is a... I think this is a um, a conservative estimate, at least 30 golf balls were lost. <laughs> Jesus. At I least. kid you not. So how many Jesus. did you lose? Did you lose any? I lost two. Okay. Yeah. And that's was, a lot for you. That's a lot for me. I've played like the last five, six rounds. I haven't lost a ball. And and I lost a couple yesterday. I'm yeah. usually good to lose at least two to three balls a round. I lost three balls in the first two holes. So <laughs> it is It is so hard. But it's, but it's insanely difficult. It's beautiful. It's yeah. uh, you know, it, it's this. Um, it's uh, you know, it's a it's a risk reward golf course. You know, if you're going to try and go for it, there's a risk, and you're going to lose your golf ball if you don't hit that perfect shot. But it was it was a lot of fun. What other uh, celebs or, or well, what celebs were in attendance? Uh, Case would know better than I. Our All buddy right. John Clark from NBC Ten was there. Rick Metallico was there. John Runyon. Um, uh, Seth Joyner. Um, uh, oh God! Oh come on! I, I, now I'm drawing Bob, a line. Uh, Bob Cooney from down the hall down the was hall. down there as well. See Amy Fadul. Uh, Amy Fadul was, was there. there. Leslie yeah. Goodell. Uh, Jimmy Lynam. Chris Jenkins. You said Chris Jenkins was there. That's cool. Uh, Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr was. 
he's, he couldn't make it. Uh, it turns out he died. So he was not able to make it. Uh, Mark Farzetta was there. Um, I, I, he just kept going through the list, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you know, Eagles Hall of Famers and... Uh, you know, and some, Mike's been in this area for a long time, and he's been able to do what he does at the at the highest level yeah. for a long time. So when you when you are somebody like Michael Barkan, you develop a lot of relationships and a lot of friendships, and, and a lot of those guys came out yesterday. Oh, and I forgot. So uh, uh, we uh, since this event was so big and there were so many people. Uh, sometimes uh, golf courses have to get uh, rental golf carts to fill in uh, for uh, that amount of people. So we got a rental cart. Right. This, this wasn't one of French Creek's carts, and it was it was a piece of crap. It was right. shot. So, so the uh, yeah, dude, the the accelerator kept sticking. Yeah, not good. You can't have that happen. No, no. And sometimes the hill brake wouldn't work. That's what locks it in, so it doesn't move right. anywhere. This is a very hilly golf course. So, uh, damn it, I forgot the guy uh, who was with the. Um, um, Ray? Was that his name? We'll just call him Ray. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> super nice guy, big fan of the show, uh, and he was with the uh, the superintendent's uh, crew, you know, the maintenance crew, and uh, I was like, dude, I, this, we can't, it's not gonna work. we can't take this. Yeah. So, at, at the turn, which is when you go back to the, um, uh, the, the clubhouse, um, I'm like, you know, they said, well, we're completely out of golf carts, you know, I mean, like, there's no option. We would have had to grab the bag and walk, and it's a very, very, very hilly course, and uh, and so they said, but what we do have, uh, what, what were they called? Surfboards, you said. Well, yeah, they're they're like uh, they're like Segway skateboards, okay, type of things that you strap your golf bag on. I think they're called golf boards. Golf board. That's okay. It. Okay. He's like, we have the golf boards, and I'm like, hell yes. Right. You showed me a video. They look pretty fun. Yes, they're a blast. Preston was better at it than I was. I still I've even, used it before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was. I felt pretty comfortable. At Cabin. times, and then other times, I was like, "I am going to crash this thing." Don't they look fun? We're watching a video. <laughs> yeah, we should probably have one for the studio. I think we, we should. should. <laughs> I think um, you're absolutely right so about we that. We got to use it's that. It's a long walk to Bill's office. <laughs> we, <laughs> we were the envy of all the other groups. Everybody who's saying it, we we went by the turn in that thing. Everybody's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like a big crowd. That's funny. Uh, you know, uh, 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 hubbub happened, and uh, it, yeah, it ended up being just a, a lot of fun. But that golf course is something else, man. It's it's beautiful. Right next to it is another golf course called um, uh, Stonewall, and they have gorgeous views too. So the, it's two of the best spots, and you can see uh, Revivalist Spirits from there ah, too. Nice. The it's awesome, man. Uh, just getting back to these golf boards real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you people will drive golf. Carts around the shore, right uh, up and down shore towns. Could yeah. you drive one of these yeah. around the shore? I mean, I, I go around on my little uh, electric scooter all the time. Well, mm-hmm. and you have a little place to put your bagels and such. Nick, yes. on the, uh... <laughs> and there's a handle for holding, and then a basket for bagels. Isn't yeah. that fun? Oh, we had a little Laird Hamilton. Yeah, we had, a, we had a cooler on ours. What the really hell? on the back yeah. too? Yeah, I want one. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, but uh, you know what? I'll post some. Uh, I'll post some video. I took a, a couple of videos of us uh, riding around. I'll, I'll do that on social. By the way, uh, the Barkan Family Healing Hearts Foundation. Uh, what that's for is uh, for people in Delaware Valley families who've had a sudden illness or sudden loss uh, in their life of a, of a loved one. So they want to help uh, provide support, ease the pain, ease the financial burden, stuff it's like wonderful. that. That's their mission. That's what they do. So. Uh, if you get a chance to be at an event or want to donate, just do a search on the Barkan Family Healing Hearts Foundation. They do great work. It was a lot of fun and uh, great event. Uh, and 
Uh, I haven't played. Uh, they, they did French Creek last year, right? Yeah, yeah, I think the last three times it was there before they used to do it over in uh, Woodcrest Country Club, which I, I played think that is one, yeah. now called Laurel. I think they changed the name of that one okay. to Laurel. But either way, um, you know, they, they put together a really, really great event. Absolutely. So mm. thanks, Mike. It was awesome. Uh, real quick, may I do a shout out? Yeah. Uh, this one is from Sean Hilsey. Says, hope all is well. Requesting a shout out. Uh, for my sister Alana, uh, or Elena, I'm not sure, and her future brother-in-law Bill, who tie the knot this Friday. Uh, they're both huge fans of the show and would love to have their already special day to even be better with this. Uh, they've gone to Camp Out for Hunger and have sat in the studio uh, during the show, and they always talk about how much fun it was. It doesn't have to be Friday, but any day of the week is possible. So here's a shard out. I'm trying to do my best to uh, make good on uh, right. all my shard outs, if you will. Listen, I... Didn't notice really? a couple of things that I think are worth mentioning to you guys. You, you don't didn't. Mind. I did. did. Oh, I, I heard the word "didn't." He and did. So I heard I the word "did." I didn't hit the button. Why don't you just play the goddamn music? Now I'm going to hit the button. <laughs> Thank you, Mister. Except for the noticer. Saying what we all want. Late to show say. edition. Um. So uh, today is the summer solstice, the June yes. solstice. That means there's 27 hours of light, right? Uh, no, it is oh. not that. Uh, it is uh, it's the official start of summer in the northern hemisphere. Uh, so it officially started today. Uh, but for other parts of the world, the solstice is looked upon not as the start of summer, but rather midsummer. And you've okay. heard of that before. Midsummer. Uh, and it, for example, if you were to pay a visit to Sweden or Norway at this time of year, you uh, would find the local inhabitants celebrating a local holiday known as Midsummer's Day. That's where the elders jump off a cliff. <laughs> yes. Which, oh my dude, God. that movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you have not watched, and I waited till my family was out of town. Right, yeah. Because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to sit down. Rochelle would just not be having it because I'd heard about it. I watched that movie by myself. <laughs> And it wasn't like a, oh my god I'm scared right, right. Uh, but it it's a messed it's up a movie. It's a disturbing movie. And it it's all in daylight. Yeah. Disturbing. You're right. Yeah, most of most it. Most of it. Yeah. 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 Um but uh yeah, go watch that one. <laughs> it's Nick, did you see it yet? No, no, but you know what I was just thinking about the daylight thing. We're actually going to uh, chat with somebody in a little bit who's in Alaska right now and okay. I'm oh, wow. curious as to whether or not there's been any darkness because yeah. he's riding his bike from Alaska to San Diego <laughs> and no, he was north of the uh, Arctic Circle at the beginning of what, does he um, have to this take ride. A boat for a little bit because you can't get from a part Alaska of the ride. To part of the ride, Casey, actually is to prove that you can uh, drive to Alaska <laughs> from the state. Alaska. I've been in Sweden in uh, in July and been north of the Arctic Circle in that time, and I, I have a picture somewhere of us at a bar at midnight outside, and it is still light at midnight. Out. At midnight, wow. they they told us they were closing, and we're like, <laughs> "What do you mean you're closing?" And we're like. <laughs> Oh, my God. We looked at the watch, and I was like, Cause I can't believe it. Uh, the sun wasn't officially above the horizon, but it was still right. light out, yeah. you know? So, um, uh, yeah, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting sensation. Uh, so, anyhow, Midsummer's Day, uh, which by ancient customs falls on June 24th. They're uh-huh. going to celebrate that then. Uh, day also linked with the name of St. John the Baptist. Uh, at night, fires are lit in the mountains in other parts of Europe. So, this <laughs> <laughs> and in northern Scandinavia, above the Arctic Circle, the phenomenon of the midnight sun at solstice time is a seasonal clock, uh, which seems to divide uh, uh, summer, if not the entire year, into two di- distinct parts. Uh, and it is that time of the year that the sun, having spent the previous six months uh, heading steadily northward, has reached the pinnacle of its migration. Uh, the word solstice is actually derived from the Latin 
uh, solstidium. Right. Uh, the conquering sun briefly halts in its northward motion, having realized full victory over the forces of darkness. Uh-huh. So we uh, we don't do the split for summer. Summer's just summer. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting that a large, large portion of the uh, world does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because... Yeah, technically, after today, yeah. the days start getting, getting shorter, shorter you know, which I don't so like to think about. This is this is actually the apex of so, summer, but but the temperatures continue to get warmer right. as we get deeper we're actually, into summer. We're further away from the sun right now in the summer. Right, and all those weird things that shouldn't add up. Um, uh, when do we? Rev- we are not going to observe daylight savings time. Is it next year or? It's supposed to be. Okay, in in twenty twenty three at the end of uh, next year, Steve. So right. it'll ha- the time switches will happen this fall, and then uh, again in the spring, and then it's supposed to stop next November. All right. I wonder what that will be like. <laughs> I wonder if we will yeah. all die. Well, that's I, well, weird. I mean, because for some reason, when we do fall back, I don't know why, but I kind of like when the sun is down at five. So, I, I, so you know, I'm not. not I, me. I'm not mad at it. I, I do like this a lot, though. I do like the light later on in the day. I, I, I do appreciate it. When, I, and I'm, I'm, I know it sounds weird, but I'm, I'm ser- sort of serious about it. When I put my decorations out and they light up on Christmas or Halloween, right. I like it to be enjoyed longer, so it does make sense. Well, and but I, it is naturally getting that way anyway. It, it is. It's just one hour. Just not as not as early. And I think, Steve, what it has to do with it is I think it brings me back to my childhood and Halloween. I think that's right. really because it happens right around that time, and then you know the sun is down, and and you know you can go out for Halloween as soon as it, we always trick or treated when the sun was down. You know, I, we I, the second we got home from school in the broad daylight, yeah, we ran out and started mm-hmm. trick or treating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I no prefer times of, we're burning daylight. I prefer light later. It's just I I feel I don't know like uh, a man. I feel like a man, like a welder, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like an iron, like worker. an iron. <laughs> I just, yeah, I feel, I don't know, I, I feel more alive whatever, for whatever reason. I'm constantly with full boners. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, tweeted out, Welcome to the solstice. On this day, number one, North Pole tips directly to the sun at 23.5 degrees. Yeah. The entire Arctic Circle never sees sunset, and uh, that was two, by the way. And yeah. number three, the entire Antarctic Circle never sees sunset. So the world bows to its corner. Yeah. 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 And, and bow to your own. What was that movie? Um, it was called Insomnia, I think, right? With yes. Robin Williams. And, yeah, and right. They deal with that murder that happened somewhere. In, and I think and it was sleep deprivation. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, can you imagine what that life must be like? Well, they're, they're, they used to do... Um, Cops in um, Alaska, and they, they, they talked about the workers, um, and they would show um, them responding to crimes because people were just up and delirious. Yeah. The new workers. But then a lot of light-canceling blinds and things of that nature had to be incorporated. There's, there's something that uh, affects blind people. The circadian rhythm goes out of whack because they have no perception. Yeah, or at least daylight. a number of them daylight. don't. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's very precise. So Dr. Mike has even pointed out that hour shift can cause a lot of issues yeah. uh, with people physically. I noticed another story about the sun, if you oh, want to hear that. Oh, sun story. So oh, if, hallelujah. If, you, uh, if we're talking about suns, I know you're so excited. <laughs> uh, but an enormous sunspot that has doubled in size in only 24 hours is now facing Earth, meaning that it could send it's a It's over. Sol- no, it could send a solar flare our way. Oh. Nothing is over! Nothing is over! <laughs> Thing doubles up in 24 hours. Uh, sunspots. Sitting there. 
in the planetarium looking at the sun. It's going away. <laughs> Sunspots uh, spots okay. are... Some bad news for you. <laughs> We're going to have a solar flare, and it's going to be big. It's coming, it's for, coming for us. <laughs> yeah. it's not what would the other planets want? Uh, sunspots are dark areas on the sun's surface that uh, appear associate, that are associated with intense bursts of radiation. They appear dark because they are cooler than other parts of the sun's surface. They're relatively cool because they form over areas where the sun's magnetic fields are particularly strong, so strong that they prevent some heat within the sun from reaching its surface. Did you see the movie Knowing? No. With Nicolas Cage? Mm-hmm. No. So at the end, there's something that's sort of akin to a, 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 a radiation burst mm-hmm. from the sun that takes out the Earth. Um, and I think sunspots lead to it. Yes. Uh, and what the, the story, though, has to deal with aliens who know... That this is going to happen to Earth, and so they take some of the children away to another planet to oh. per, to keep the species. Well, that was nice. Alive. Of them. Yeah, yeah. It was nice. Oh, thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah, and then okay. they blew us up from space. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so happy ending, uh, Steve. I saw it was like sort of a wholly depressing, but also kind of a tongue-in-cheek Twitter poll the other day, and it was uh, what eventually is going to get us all, and yeah, what, what's yeah. going to kill the planet, and is it going to be climate change or yeah. a solar flare or you know a virus that takes over the planet? Solar flare one. And oh, wow. it was just, you know, it was just like one of these things. Where like, ah, oh, you know, I didn't even really consider solar flare to be the end of the planet, but sure, yeah, let's put that one up there. So knowing says, yeah. Um, did you finish reading Project Hail Mary? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that that has to do with the sun quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's fascinating because, uh, we, and we've talked about this before, but some of that, Very hot, a lot right? of that book, it is really hot, except at night. <laughs> a lot of that book is. Um, Predicated on actual science knowledge, and yes. then a lot of it is also science fiction. So there's a nice, healthy blend of the both of the yep. of the two. Can't they just make a giant umbrella? You know, <laughs> they, they yeah. have they have actually talked about things like yeah. that about about literally doing what uh, uh, the Simpsons, the Simpsons, what Mr. Yes. Burns did, right? And, sh- and block and, out the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a um, what's I, there's a name for it, like a, a uh, essentially a shield that they put around the entire Earth. Uh, is a something dome or like a Dyson uh, sphere? That's it. Yep, I think it is the Dyson yes, sphere. It's, it's like a vacuum, a gigantic cleaner. vacuum cleaner uh-huh. that sucks all the bad right. stuff out. Suck, yeah, suck, suck. <laughs> uh, by the way, these tangled magnetic fields can sometimes suddenly uh, reorganize themselves, and when that happens, a sudden explosion of light or, and radiation is propelled away from the sun in the form of a solar flare. So the one that they're looking at. Uh, I'm the chief astronomy guy at the Hayden Planetarium. Oh. Hey, John. I have something to tell you. You're not going to like it. The sun's going to go kaplooey. No, kaplooey. Whatever. Okay. Just think of us as uh, the, the Earth is prom night. And this is the jock in the back of the car. Oh, oh no. The <laughs> sun's huh. about to go kaplooey. Uh, the... Uh, the sunspot is known as AR-3038. Good name. And uh, so it is doubled in size in only 24 hours, which is kind of a big deal, but it could potentially send an M-class solar flare at Earth. None of this sounds good. Uh, the second strongest type. However, it's not known whether this will be the case. If strong enough, solar flares can cause disruption on Earth, interfering with radio communication networks. Uh-oh, we don't like that. And navigation systems. They say that you will tan faster than Marissa at the barbecue. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, uh, M-class uh, flares are... 
pretty common, though, but it's the less common X-class flares that can cause more serious trouble. So they're saying this could have pr- profound, uh, a, a profound effect on radio. Pornography blackouts yeah. because yeah. it's an X-class. Yeah. I was just watching a billboard. <laughs> it went out. Um, so, yeah, th- that actually could cause some... Uh, uh, the X-class uh, flare could cause blackouts for several hours and, and navigation problems with boats and planes and things like that. But the M-class, which this one is, could just cause a little bit of a nuisance. It's All right. as big a deal, but All it's right. interesting uh, note that they have this big sunspot. All right, I did notice something else. We're going to go somewhere completely different. Uh-huh. Away from the sun. We're headed to the vagina. Wow. <laughs> a the study sun of the human body. A study of menstruating women who do not use hormonal birth control, showed that they were more likely to treat, treat friends and partners to drinks and gifts during the second half of their monthly what? cycle. Vagina! Vagina! Vagina. <laughs> Do that again, Case. Vagina! 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 Vagina. It works. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Kathy. Please tell more about and drinks the on me, half, guys. In the second half, more about my vagina. <laughs> Steve, I brought you a gift this morning. Look. Oh, we know what's happening. <laughs> women who do not. I'll, I'll repeat this again. A study of menstruating women who do not use hormonal birth control showed that they were more likely to treat friends and partners to drinks <laughs> and gifts. During the second half of their monthly cycle. So, well, I know what that is. It's because you, it's, if, I guess the, the hormones maybe subside a bit. And, and if you are, do experience some sort of PMS, it's ending at I'm that happy point. Now. So I'm like, oh, okay, guys, listen, breakfast on me. Drink okay? hugs. Hugs. <laughs> So, the, so when you guys know when I come in and I'm hugging all of you, <laughs> that's what that that's is. Well, you're on the second half. <laughs> the, so this is uh, two weeks after ovulation when progesterone levels are high. Vagina. And experts from Heinrich Hein University in Germany yeah. uh, say that this could be because a potentially pregnant woman is looking to bolster social connections. Uh, there have been, my, my wife, for example, would, would uh, you know, get more lovey and pleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm. So uh, there's that. So, so listen. Just know that if uh, your significant other, fellas, is yeah. uh, is on her cycle and she starts it and you pick up on it in a couple of weeks, you'll get some cocktails and get And gifts. <laughs> it's our apology for ripping your head off mm-hmm. a week That prior. could be part of it. Yes. <laughs> yep. Okay. So just thought I would share that little bit with you. <laughs> What? Nick I, Nick pulled up a Wikipedia for vagina and I looked at the picture to the right. Oh my God! Wait, what's that's that? That's straight up. That's graphic. I didn't expect it to be that graphic. Oh, anatomy. That, that's anatomy on yeah. uh, on Wikipedia. That is science, Preston. Is that, is that a man's <laughs> hand or a woman's hand spreading what I'm looking? Oh, that's at? that's a good question. Uh, is that wiki or wanky? You're really zooming in on that. Yeah. Well, it's science. And it's got little labels. Is that, is that hey, John Madden? Hang on a second. Go go back to the picture. You and know see, that's where it was. See if Kathy can um, identify identify the number. Yeah, what's number seven here, Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> All we know is no one will ever put anything there. <laughs> that's where things don't go. <laughs> that's where things don't go. Oh, my God. 
You know how quickly we would be fired in any <laughs> other know. business? Yeah, work. Even this business. Yeah, oh, probably. By showing Kathy that picture. All right. I'm getting a raise. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy? Go oh, out of my office. I have something I want to show you. What's number seven here? It's written in stone. Oh my god! Oh my god! I will do a seven. I'll do a four and a three, <laughs> dude. Tomorrow, when you tune in, it's the Kathy and Marissa show. You'll know yeah. why. That was an extremely graphic photo for Wiki for Wikipedia. I was surprised, but it was nice looking. It, it was. That yeah. was very clean. Yeah. yeah, it was very clean. <laughs> very clean. <laughs> He's a clean old man. Who's that dirty old vagina? <laughs> dirty old vagina. <laughs> it's from okay. a hard day's night. It is from a hard day's night. <laughs> All right, let's go to somewhere else yeah. here. Um, uh, for those who love oral sex, <laughs> there's Marissa, a new. Start prepping for our show tomorrow. <laughs> there's a new app in town. I kid you not. It is called Hetero. Spelled H-E-A-D-E-R-O. Okay, I get the play. It's designed for people who are seeking intimate oral experiences. <laughs> this is like Tinder or Grinder for people who just want mouth stuff. And it's for both sexes, I guess? I believe it. Well, it's called hetero, so it's a play on that. And I go, well, I guess I don't know. Wait, so it's an app? Yeah. It is my it's a, understanding. A dating app just meeting up for that hmm. particular menu item. Yep. So... There are some people who are in same-sex relationships, uh, specifically on on the male side, who that's that's everything. Is is the I could see that that's there's no there's sure. no other stuff. Okay. That's the whole deal. Yeah, and it's just whatever you prefer. Whatever, whatever rocks your number seven. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> From now on, yep. the number seven. Yeah. It's the butthole, by the way, for those who might have missed the references. That is now the old number seven. The old number number seven. I'm going to give her the old number seven. (laughs) Dude. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyhow, um, tags include on this uh, on this app "eager to please" or "eager to be pleased." Okay, and users can also filter by proximity, gender identity. So there you go, Nick. Okay. There you go. Uh, so it could be whatever you prefer. And user rating. Wow. Yeah. User rating. Get a bad review. Uh, and the Too app much tries to take a sex positive approach to hooking up. Okay. Wow. Um. Well, there's an app for everything. I guess so. I guess, you know, yeah, I'm going to start an app called Number 7. <laughs> Which is just for one lucky thing. Lucky 7, yeah. yeah so, lucky 7. Preston, I pulled up the uh, website for this um, app, hetero.com, and there's um, another app featured on here called Kinkly. Have you guys heard of that? No. All right. I can imagine what that's about. Well, it's it's not as kinky as you might think. It's but it's about um, I, the, the only reason I know anything about it is I have a friend, uh, and she and her boyfriend are very active on Kinkly, and it's a way to meet like minded um, adults, practitioners not, of kink. Well, not necessarily swing or kink. It's just like open minded sexual. No, open like, people who have an open mind when it comes to any type of sexual encounter. Okay, so it can be stuff that's like online, or can be it can be swinging, or it can be kink. Or it can just be exploration. And so uh, it's a world that's a bit foreign to me, but they have found a lot of happiness and success okay. with it. Okay. All right. By the way, real quick, um, a phone call from Eric. Hey, Eric, good morning. 
Yeah, you guys rock. Thank you, Eric. What's up, my man? You guys bringing up that Wikipedia picture reminds me of the episode of Friends where they're trying to teach Chandler how to um, please a woman. Okay. And they whip out the encyclopedia, and there's the picture, and it's numbered, and they're like, they go through the numbers, they're like, one, two, three, go back to two a little bit, four, five, five, four, six, and then they get to seven, and she's like, seven, seven, seven. Oh. And Chandler's right. sitting there, and, 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 and Jennifer Addison sitting there looking at her like, are you okay? Uh, no, that's you know very, that yeah. sounds very familiar. Marissa, grab the clip. Okay. We yeah, got it right here. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. Here Start we go. out with a, a little one, a two, a one, two, three, <laughs> a three, a five, <laughs> a four, a three, two, two, a two, four, six, two, four, six, four, two, Two or seven, five, seven, six, seven, 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 seven. What are they trying to figure out in this? They're teaching in that what she's done. What she no no. What she likes a good way to please a woman. So they start with one and two, and that's kind of upstairs. And then the lower or the higher the number, the lower in the body. I got it. Okay. Seven. Seven, 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 Without I question. actually, you know, for a, a stretch there, I was like, I want to read all of the encyclopedias. Like, right. people would read a book, right. you know what I mean? I'm like, I think that would be a good, I, it's not like I would retain all that information, but I feel like I would like to, and I've never in, um, read the Bible from front to back either. Well, in Do- in Dr. No, the honey writer, who is the, the femme fatale, the, the, the Bond girl in that movie, she, oh, yeah. she didn't have a formal education, but she read, like, an encyclopedia set. Okay. So, yeah, you you know, that it's, it's, there's an interesting merit to that. I don't know how much you'd retain, but... Yeah, I remember picking up the Bible one time and going, all right, let's, let's, yeah. let's start at the beginning. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't, I will never stick around for this. It's, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of, uh, and there's a lot of just... No reason to do, as long as there's Cecil B. DeMille, yeah. just watch there you that. Go. Yeah. There you go. I'll get to that. All right. Uh, I noticed this other thing. This is from a few days ago, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned this. Uh, the remains of a legendary 17th century shipwreck have been found, and the same wreck that supposedly inspired the Goonies film. What? Uh, pieces of the San- <laughs> Santo Cristo de uh, Burgos, Burgo, I guess, right. uh, were found in sea caves in uh, Manzanita, Oregon. No way. Sea yeah. caves in Oregon. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, the wooden trading ship was carrying silk, porcelain, and beeswax. Uh, when it disappeared, beeswax. none of your beeswax, yeah. uh, and it disappeared in 1693. Hang on, why did people say none of your beeswax instead of business? Was business considered a bad word, and they substituted it with beeswax? Know. Hmm. Uh, stories of wrecks in the area have persisted for hundreds of years, even inspiring tall tales. But that is the ship, apparently, 
I guess there must have been some renderings of it somewhere that the producers of the film maybe had seen. It's quite possible. And wanted to use that as a um, as a guide uh, for the one that they created for the movie. So I thought that was kind of Are fun. there a lot of sea caves along uh, the Oregon well, coast? There's, I mean, you know, there, there are cliffs yeah. and so on. So I guess one would believe that there's got to be, right. you know, a fair amount of... Uh, it's pretty amazing. ...naturally formed caves and things. And a lot of wrecks, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, uh, all right, what else? Was that his actual name? Like they named him Sloth, Slothenstein, <laughs> Sammy Slothenstein. Uh, yeah, I, I assume that was a nickname. Yeah. Do you want to know the origin of? Yeah, I'm waiting. Is he Vogel should be on or what? Zoom, right? Sorry. Do we have our Zoom duty guy ready to go? Uh, no. <laughs> Okay. Good. Do you I'm, waiting for, the, I'm waiting for word. Do you want to know the origin of beeswax? I think is what Mind Kathy... Your own beeswax. Yes. All right, go ahead. Is uh, a slang rendition. We know that uh, there's a popular theory that Mind Your Own Beeswax started uh, in the 1700s. As the story goes, women covered their pockmarks with beeswax, oh. which would run off of their faces if they got too close to a fire and it was too hot for them. So they would, if they had dented up faces, yeah. they would sort of spackle it Basically. with beeswax. But that doesn't explain why we substituted business for beeswax. That's well, mind your, your business. Mind, mind your own beeswax. Hmm. Well, I guess maybe. Hmm. Well, I, yeah. Okay. I didn't realize they were spackling their faces back then. Mind your own business, I guess, meaning don't talk about my face. Yeah. 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 Mind, mind your own beeswax. Get off my face. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I'll do another one here. Where's my sound? There it is. There it is. Where is it, man? An episode of Sesame Street. Uh, allegedly removed from syndication for being too frightening for children has been posted to social media sites. Oh, no. Uh, the episode stars Margaret Hamilton, who revived her role as the Wicked Witch from the West and the, from the Wizard Oz. So this was made back in okay. the uh, probably 1970s. So she's uh, 76, and, yes. And she's working the full witch thing, and she's yep. also playing a counterpart to herself. Uh, the plot also takes uh, from The Wizard of Oz, but rather than seeking the return of a pair of ruby slippers, Hamilton is seeking a, a stolen broomstick, and she terrorizes David, who is played by Northern Calloway, uh, throughout the episode in an attempt to get her broomstick back. So, at that time, listen, that character was terrifying. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, so I think it was just a bit too freaky for kids. Do we have a clip of it? We do. We do have a clip. All right, let me play. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 if you could, please. So here we go. Yeah. So, my fine feathered friend, you've got my broom now. Well, I'm not your fine feathered friend. Oh, you're not. Well, give me back my broom. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. That makes me furious. And that's when Big Bird pecked her to death right, right after that on the on the show. And that's when... I'm asking you. <laughs> you. If you don't give me back that broom. Your store is going to be more than just what when I finish with it. And furthermore, I'll turn you into a basketball. Bones, bones, bones to the basket. <laughs> and I'll beat you to death with a shovel. <laughs> Wait, what? I'll beat you to death with a shovel. Uh, the Lost episode aired on February 10th, 1976, during the seventh season of Sesame Street. Uh, the intent of the episode appears to be to teach children to how to overcome their fears That's and the value of planning and by creating and implementing methods of retrieving the broom. Um, and they were reportedly inundated with complaints from parents about the episode. <laughs> and it never aired on television again. It did air, I think, one time. All right. And uh, people called in. They were like, you... Scared my children. This is a program that's not now. If we're ready for that, yeah. Well, they learned their lesson. Yeah, they stopped production on the Leatherface episode. Oh, yeah. 
They had created the character yeah. and everything. They were all ready to go. Oh, man. Gosh, that's a, that's a pretty chainsaw. Uh, the bootleg versions of the episode uh, are going to be toasted, uh, posted to social media from time to time, uh, but they'll... Uh, had, uh, they have been posted from time right. to time, but they were removed or had extremely low quality. Apparently, this is a much better one. So if you want to see that lost episode... You can find it, yes. You can check that out now. All right. Um, our guest is ready to go. Hey! Uh, we were talking about... Now, we, we've spoken to Mike on a number of occasions. Yeah. Uh, he's half of uh, Van there, uh, the group, uh, you know, who live out on the road. They live in the van life. We check in with these guys from time to time. Well, Mike's doing a whole different thing now. <laughs> And where is he now, Nick? Uh, he's somewhere in Alaska. I'm not exactly sure, but he started in uh, Prudhoe Bay, uh, north of the Arctic Circle. It's a 4,000-mile bike ride? Yeah. This is insane. All right. Well, let's welcome our buddy, Mike Schistler, yeah. to the program. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Yeah. So, all right. You are... Where Where are you? You tell us exactly. Uh, yeah, so uh, about two weeks ago, I started in Prudhoe Bay, like Nick said, and uh, this is all in uh, effort to prove or disprove Kathy's, Kathy's theory about... Uh, <laughs> Thank you for doing this, by the way. Lower four. Oh, uh, yes, that's right. Show research. Yes. Um, so two weeks ago, I started this ride, and now I'm in Yukon, actually. I'm in Whitehorse, Yukon, which is the capital of Yukon. It's the biggest city that I've seen uh in weeks, but uh, this tiny little dot on the map is where I'm at in in, uh, how, in Whitehorse right how now. How many miles uh, have you logged on your bike so far? Uh, right around 1,200 miles so far. Uh, 1,200 miles, uh, a lot of gravel roads, so much wilderness out here, and um, I've, I've passed, actually, I counted two traffic lights. So wow. 1,200 miles. Wow. That's just, think about that. That sheer size. 1,200 miles, and he's still in Alaska. That's crazy. That's insane. So, that's so huge. Is that, yeah. So, um, let me ask you, while you're out on these roads that are not, what kind of bike do you have if you're if you're on gravel and all sorts of other terrains? Or I assume you're not using a classic street bike, right? Uh, it's it's very close to a street bike. It's a oh. steel frame. Uh, it's, it's technically considered a gravel bike. But what's really cool is that uh, with changing the tires, I can kind of be prepared for different surfaces. So I started with gravel tires. They just wore out the other day. Um, finally said, uh, you know, 1,200 miles, that's enough. And luckily, I had a set of spares with me. So I put them on at a campground. And uh, now I got my spares on, and I'm ready for the rest of the ride. Uh, by the way, I, I stand corrected. Yukon is in Canada. So I, oh. he's not still in Alaska. Oh, but yeah. it's not too far out of Alaska. That is just... That's crazy. Wait, Alaska's connected to Canada? <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> it can't be. So what is it like? Uh, we, we were talking about uh, the summer solstice. Uh, what, are, what are the daylight hours? Uh, I know you've gotten further south now, but uh, what's that like? It's been insane. Uh, at the very start of the ride, it was literally 24 hours of daylight. Um, so you, you don't really know what when your day starts and when it ends. Um, I started at, in Prudhoe Bay, and, and this town is basically just an oil. It's a staging area for oil fields, and it's full of oil workers, and there's just a few hundred people up there. But, uh, like, they'll start serving breakfast at 3 a.m. because, you know, the, the workers are up, and nobody knows what's going on. And then um, it's, it's just a, a crazy kind of idea. The very first day on the road, I started my bike ride at 4 or 5 a.m., and I went straight through until, like, 2 a.m. the next day. Wow. Uh, just because really no reason to stop. Wow. Mike, I've never been to Alaska. It's definitely on the bucket list. Um, but what was it even like 
uh, leaving California to get to where you started, to get to Prudhoe Bay? How do you go about doing that just to even begin the journey? Yeah, it was, um, uh, you just book it through Alaska Airlines. I mean, it's crazy what you can do. So I flew from from San Diego to Seattle to Anchorage, and then the planes kept getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> and uh, they, they drop us off in Prudhoe Bay. And you, you get off the airplane in this tiny little airplane airport of a hangar. And uh, the woman on the other, uh, that, that greets you, she says, welcome to work. You know, like that's what she says to everyone getting off the plane. And so it was me and a bunch of oil workers. And, uh, you know, that was that's how you get here. Wow. And surprisingly, I've been meeting so many people who are either doing the same thing that I'm doing or mostly it's all motorcycles. There are, there have been hundreds and hundreds of of guys on adventure touring motorcycles who come up all the way up to Prudhoe Bay. And uh, it's a bucket list kind of thing. And some of them turn, turn around and go to Argentina and they go all over the place. I actually just met a, a cyclist the other day. He was from Pennsylvania and, and we were heading the opposite directions, but really cool to talk to him for a minute. Wow. Looking at a map, it looks like you could, uh, Juno is not too far from where you are now. Are you going to go back into uh, Alaska that way? No, I'm I'm actually kind of making a, a beeline towards Vancouver and Seattle. Okay. Um, Alaska has a very strange network of roads that almost dead end into different places. So if you went down into Anchorage, you have to like backtrack your way back up out. Um, same thing with Juneau. Um, uh, you know, there's all these really cool towns in Alaska, but either you have to get there by plane, by boat, or you kind of have to backtrack your, your way back out. Any sort of dangerous encounters yet, uh, whether they be with wildlife or, you know, anything weather. else? Weather? Uh, so the weather has been very good so far. I've gotten rained on a couple times, but uh, bears are certainly something to watch out for. I've, uh, I've met a few. Uh, my very first bear encounter was on the side of the road. Um, you know, often there's cars coming the other direction and they'll say, hey, uh, heads up, there's a big grizzly up ahead. And, oh. and I appreciate that. And sometimes it, it just kind of like puts me on, on edge for a little while. But the very first grizzly I saw, um, he was he had, has head down in the bushes and, and doing whatever he was doing. And I didn't see him and he didn't see me until the very last minute. We were maybe 10 yards apart oh, and gosh. I scared the bear just scared me. And the very funny thing is if you scare a grizzly, I never knew this, but they jump almost like a house cat. You ever like scare your, your cat oh. and they jump up and they, they, he didn't know what, what was going on. He's like jumped up and, and, uh, luckily I was, I had enough speed and I kind of carried on, but, um, you know, I scared the grizzly, and, and he definitely scared me as well. That's uh, it's crazy stuff, yeah. Because it has happened; they've gone after occasionally cyclists. Yeah, um, you know, but that's yeah. uh, that's uh, you know, <laughs> just don't wear anything made of salmon. Any moose? Should... <laughs> Any moose? <laughs> uh, yeah, seen some moose. Yep, uh, nice. on the road, and uh, uh, you know, I was very curious about the moose, and I didn't, I didn't really get too close, but uh, but it was very cool to see. I saw a porcupine. I've seen uh, some musk ox. Oh, You're okay. way up in the tundra. Uh, the only reason I know Muskox is I watched a show called Alone on uh, Netflix, and uh, I think the guy who ended up winning that season in Alaska made love to a muskox. No, he killed a muskox, oh. and so he had something to eat that uh, nobody else would, that he was competing against. Oh. Had, so, hey, Mike, um, how are the bugs? How, you know, how are the insects? And are you getting uh, like, are you camping every night? Uh, you know, are mosquitoes uh, a real pain? Yeah, uh, the the mosquitoes. I guess the 
here, they say the mosquito is the state bird of Alaska, and it's true. <laughs> um, you, if you pull over to the side of the road sometimes, um, like just yesterday, I was I was doing a big, big mile day. And I wanted to take a break, and I'd pull over and, and just take a little breather, and you, you just can't stop. The, the bugs are insane i mean sometimes you'll swat your face and you'll, you'll hit you know a dozen a dozen mosquitoes right just in one one handful that's wow no uh, that's crazy that's horrible. yeah so so i've got i've got like a little bug net i put over my face uh sometimes i cover myself in bug spray wear wear long sleeves and long pants um but the, the bugs are are kind of next level well you and uh you you guys have always taken great photos and videos and this is obviously some of the most dramatic stuff that you've posted yet we're watching now on drawn dot there on instagram uh so if people want to follow along uh it's a really cool look at at what a bike trip a four thousand mile bike trip uh is going to be like when do you uh, anticipate reaching your destination I hope to reach San Diego in maybe the third week of July, somewhere around there. So okay. uh, maybe about two more weeks or maybe 10 more days here in Canada. And I'll hit Alaska. I'll hit, uh, San, I'll hit Seattle and then take Seattle um, all the way down the coast. So kind of do that whole Pacific Coast Highway and wow. 101, the one. And I'm really looking forward to that section. That is going to be gorgeous. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll point everybody in that direction. We obviously want you to stay safe. And hang in there, yeah. and uh, yeah, let us know how things are going along the way, okay? Yeah, thank you. And, and one more thing, uh, Casey, I was really heartbroken when I heard you uh, weren't able to make that cross-country drive. I was uh, kind of looking at Mount Denali at the moment oh. at the time I was listening to the podcast, and, uh, you know, it was it was uh, just such an American moment that I was having, and I was, <laughs> I was very sad. Well, you know, listen, it's going to be rescheduled. It's going to be rescheduled. It's going to happen, and who knows? Maybe you can trail me uh, when we end up going. <laughs> All right, that sounds great. All right, hang in there. Mike Schisler, guys. Yay! And drawn dot there, by the way, on Instagram. The, the pictures are, and video are fantastic. So if you want to take a look at some wilderness along the way, it's, it's a really cool follow. All right, uh, we got to take a break. Yay! Uh, we're going to do that very thing. Come back in a second, and we will have the... I think we're doing the Bizarre Fund. Yes, we are. Yeah. All right, we'll have that next. Stay with us. Hey, friends, did you receive our Camp Out for Hunger Save the Date? I mean, we made a big announcement, and then we put it right there on the website for you. Well, just in case you missed it, Preston and Steve's 25th Camp Out for Hunger is set November 7th through the 11th, 2022. And hey, it's never too early to start collecting. You can find the list of Phil Abundance's most requested items, plus all of the outrageous photo galleries and videos of our guests from over the years at WMMR.com slash camp out. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Brought to you by Armor Metals and Recycling. Get cash today. Bring your scrap and e-cycling. E-cycling? E-cycling. Uh, to Armor Metals and Recycling. Walk away with cash today. Armor Metals is your most trusted recycling partner. And they're located in Pensacola, New Jersey or at Armor Metal. I'm sorry, ArmorMR.com. Hong Kong's iconic jumbo floating restaurant has capsized in the South China Sea less than a week after it was towed away from the city. No. The restaurant encountered adverse conditions on Saturday as it was passing the Zisha Islands in the South China Sea. 
and water entered the vessel and it began to tip. The company said that no one was injured, but that efforts to save the vessel failed and it capsized on Sunday. And according to a statement, they said, as the water depth at that scene is over a thousand meters, it makes it extremely difficult to carry out salvage works. I mean, it's gone, man. Oh, wow. This thing's big, too. Uh, the company said it's very saddened by this accident. The Jumbo Floating Restaurant, almost 260 feet in length, has been a landmark in Hong Kong for over four decades, serving Cantonese cuisine to over three million guests, including Queen Elizabeth and Tom Cruise. You always see it in, uh, when they do the uh, shots of the fly into Hong Kong. You always see this thing. Uh, it closed in or 20, used to. 2020 due to the pandemic and laid off all its staff. Aberdeen Restaurant Enterprises said the restaurant became a financial burden to its shareholders. Uh, it was towed away last Tuesday. The company said that it planned to move it to a lower-cost site where maintenance could be carried out. Uh, but prior to the departure, the vessel had been thoroughly inspected by marine engineers, and uh, hoardings were installed, and all the relevant uh, approvals were obtained. But that wasn't enough. The company is now getting further details of the accident from the towing company. But it, it went down in in 3,000-foot deep water. Any plans to still operate it down there? Uh, not yet, but okay, they're kicking around the ideas. You can't eat hot dogs down there. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's see here. Police arrested a 72-year-old man. Uh, this is in uh, Matsudo, wherever that is. Sounds like Japan. Uh, and they arrested a 72-year-old man uh, who was apparently trying to place a curse on Vladimir Putin. Okay. Uh, officers announced he arrested uh, Mitsunubo Hino on suspicion of breaking and entering a da- and damaging an apartment. Uh, police said a straw doll was nailed to a sacred tree at a shrine. The face of the doll had what looked like a photo of Putin's face attached to the kanji character for bad luck written on its forehead. Uh, hammering a nail into a straw doll is a tradition form of placing a curse on the individual that the doll represents akin to voodoo dolls. Okay. And several security cameras in the vicinity caught an individual who resembled Hino near the shrine leading to his arrest. So they, you got you get arrested. You get arrested for, for this? Yeah. For a, for, a, for bad luck? A voodoo doll, yeah. So apparently since mid-May, about 10 similar incidents have been discovered at various shrines in Matsudo. And police are looking into any connections that they may have had that they may have with the latest case. Uh, a 20-year-old mother, this is tragic, uh, suffered a fatal electric shock when she had just put her hand in a washing machine, thinking that her load had finished. Oh my God! Vivian Rodriguez what happened. Uh, was putting in a wash at her home in Brazil this week. Investigators said that she suffered a massive shock when she put her hand in the machine while it was still running to retrieve some items of clothing. Uh, her husband rushed her to the local hospital emergency unit, emergency unit, and um, she was uh, declared dead on arrival. Jeez. And they're investigating. They don't know exactly why that happened, but still, I mean, even if it was running, it still shouldn't have done that. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, a former racetrack worker. This is where DNA evidence comes into play here. Yes. Um, acquitted a re, uh, acquitted at retrial after his conviction. Uh, and death sentence for raping and murdering a woman was overturned. It was almost certainly, turns out, though, the actual killer, according to a new DNA retest. Uh, a Florida prosecutor announced on Wednesday. So retesting shows DNA found on Pamela Albertson's body came from Robert Earl Hayes, who was convicted but then acquitted of her 1990 strangulation and rape. So how was he wasn't acquitted based on DNA evidence, right? Well, kind of. So prosecutors used DNA evidence 30 years ago. To initially convict Hayes of murdering Albertson at a horse track near Fort Lauderdale where they both worked as groomers and he was sentenced to die. Uh, she had also expressed fear of Hayes uh, before the killing 
uh, to others. And prosecutors said he had a history of violence and was seen with her shortly before the slaying. But DNA testing was new technology at that uh-huh. time. And his conviction was overturned a few years later by the Florida Supreme Court, which said that the method then used was scientifically unreliable. Hayes, now 58, was acquitted in a 1997 retrial in the death of Albertson. The court ruling limited how prosecutors could link DNA evidence to Hayes. Experts said tests showed that the hairs that Albertson was clutching came from an unidentified white person. Hayes is black. Uh, His attorney pointed to a white track worker as the killer and told jurors that any DNA test uh, linking Hayes to the slaying was flawed. The evidence lay dormant until late last year. Uh, They had request a... Uh, it's retesting to help exonerate Hayes in a different case. So they were retesting to exonerate this guy. He pleaded guilty to manslaughter in that state in 2004, the 1987 death of of someone else. But the retest of the evidence was conducted by a California lab, uh, and it concluded that not only did the DNA found on Albertson's body come from Hayes, but at least some of the hair in her hand was her own. And none came from the man that Hare, his attorney, had accused. So, have they motioned for a retest, retest, test, a retest, test of testing? Uh, but listen, so they they've gone back, they reexamined it, Jeez. and it turns out this guy did do it. Wow! So it's crazy, yeah. Uh, and that's why I put it in the bizarre. Yes, because it's right. bizarre. And then one more uh, story, and we will wrap it up. Uh, this is terrible, but uh, in a had, funny way. Well, it's got a, it's got a happy ending right, at least. Right. So. 47 cats have been rescued from a car parked in sweltering heat, animal welfare workers have said. The cats have been living in the vehicle with their owner. There's a picture. Oh, my God. 47 cats inside a car. It's not you. Okay. Uh, But this person had recently become homeless and didn't want to leave the animals behind. They were found in the car while it was parked at a rest area in Minnesota. Uh, temperatures were climbing to 90 degrees the day that the cats were rescued. Inside the car, it would have been much hotter. Uh, despite the heat, most of the cats, which range in age from less than a year to more than 12, had only minor medical issues, so everybody was okay. Oh. Ashley Pudas, are you looking at pictures yeah. of this? It's insane. Oh <laughs> Ashley Pudas, an investigator at the Humane Society, said, unfortunately, with the heat yesterday, uh, he recognized that it was above and beyond what he was capable of at that time, and he let us help them out. So this person wasn't being cruel they were, I, I, you know, they're homeless, and they had these, all these pets, and they didn't know what to do with them. They had just become homeless. Uh, the owner had been living with the cats for a while, but they had not left, uh, but had not left them alone. He had previously given up fourteen other cats that had been living in the car as well. What happens a lot of times with people like this is that uh, these, like, they're the animals are their only friends yes. and, and their family, and, yes. and they they will refuse to part with them regardless. Yes. Uh, once the 47 cats have been examined and treated, they'll be sterilized and made available for adoption. Right. So it has got a good ending. Okay, but that was a good ending. Looking at the picture of this car, you, I don't even know how a human being can fit in there. He's or, in the glove compartment. And how bad oh. that would smell. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. now, unless you're using uh, Arm & Hammer, litter, right. which is, okay? what, uh, is a good smell neutralizer. All right, and that is what I have Jeez. in the bizarre file for you. All right, we will take a break. Don't forget, Tattoos Day is happening. So if you have not done it yet, text the word tattoo to 39333. We have a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing that you could grab. And uh, we'll get a winner at the end of the show. So get yourself set. Be back in a moment. Stay with us. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see him too. Check out the weekly rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Podcasts. 
Oh yeah, MMR's got them. There's the fun size and bizarre file editions, along with Preston and Steve full show podcasts, plus the MM Archives podcast and more. Click podcasts on WMMR.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Still going on a Tuesday morning, Tab Tuesday, which, by the way, we'll be getting a winner for very, very soon. If you're interested in getting some awesome artwork from a great tattoo shop, Floating World Tattoo and Piercing, 1729 South Street, text word tattoo to 39333. We're running out of time on that, so you got to get on it as soon as possible. In the meantime, we'll have your chance to win something else. We have a pair of tickets to see To Kill a Mockingbird at the Academy of Music, and that show is July 13th, 7.30 p.m. show, by the way. A uh, lot of questions we could go with today, and I like this one. What sport was being played during the Battle of Gettysburg? 215-263-WMMR. If you happen to hear that earlier this morning and you know the answer to it, by uh, by all means, get on the phone. Give us a call. What sport was being played during the Battle of Gettysburg? 215-263-WMMR. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, brought to you by Dry Tech Waterproofing Solutions. Protect your home from water damage, cracks in your foundation, and mold with Dry Tech Waterproofing Solutions. Preston and Steve listeners, you get 15% off when you mention our show. Go to Dry Tech Corp. Dot com. Steve, what's up? Well, Kesha, celebrating Pride Month. <clears throat> Excuse me. I should use the cough button. Celebrating Pride Month by revealing last week that she is neither straight nor gay and isn't really sure what she is. Hmm. However, Kesha says no matter what you are, the odds are pretty good she'll hump you. Oh, so that's good. oh my God. A live-action version of Hercules is officially in the works with Guy Ritchie directing. Ritchie has already, already ordered an intense workout regimen for his star, Wallace Shawn. Hey! And finally, Amber Heard claiming she has evidence that would have changed the outcome of the trial against her, but the judge would not allow it in the courtroom. Heard then revealed that she is in possession of six buckets of her own crap. Wow. <laughs> it's Hollywood trash. Uh, we're going to the phones. What sport was being played at the Battle of Gettysburg? And we're going to go to JR for the answer. Hey, JR, good morning. They did it! <laughs> wow. A loud That's listener. Very good. For sure. All right, JR, what sport was being played? Battle of Gettysburg. Tennis. Tennis. Yeah. You did it. Hang on, JR. We're going to set you up. You got a pair of tickets to see the Killer Mockingbird at the Academy of Music on July 13th, 7 30 p.m. The show runs from July 12th. Uh, through July 24th. And you can get tickets at KimmelCulturalCampus.org. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Hulk smash! Pituation. Brought to you by Family and Company Jewelers. Planning on getting engaged? <laughs> then go see Angelo and the team at Family and Company Jewelers. You can get her the perfect engagement ring. A ring from Family and Company South Jersey's Diamond Destination. Well, even more artists have signed on to appear at the Taylor Hawkins Tribute Concert set for next September in London and Los Angeles. Uh, Nirvana's Chris Novoselic will join, as well as Led Zeppelin's John Paul Jones. Nile Rogers, Pink... Uh, we also have former Queens of the Stone Age collaborator Elaine Johannes and 12-year-old drum prodigy Nandy Bushell. And they will all be on board for the September 3rd at London's Wembley Stadium. 
Uh, September 27th show at the Forum in L.A. will now include heart guitarist Nancy Wilson, Leanne Rimes, Miley Cyrus, and Joan Jett. And I'm sure not. that's not the last of the... Uh, I have to imagine that Alanis Morissette is going to be a part of that, right? I... I because I'm going to say I saw her name there already, but I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. yeah oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. She, because he play, she play, he played in her touring band. So, yeah, they, the names are being added, and I'm sure a few more will come on board. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I said this earlier. Jack White did not eat for five days while writing his latest albums, Fear of the Dawn and Entering Heaven Alive. In a recent interview, uh, he said, I wanted to see what I would write like under those conditions, under that idea, being alone and fasting, what my brain and my body would come up with. My tummy hurts! Uh, would I get frustrated? Would I get angry? Would I get upset? Would I be depressed? What kind of lyrics would come out? And apparently he was inspired Did to fast. Did he get delirious? I mean, inspired to fast after reading Upton Sinclair's 1911 book called The Fasting Cure. Huh. He said, it's an interesting thing that I was exploring, and I still explore that, what your body does. The amount of energy your body gets on the second, third day from that is outstanding. It's not to be believed, according to Jack White. It's interesting. Very interesting. Mick Jagger posted a message on Instagram on Monday ensuring Rolling Stones fans that he is on board for tonight's show at Milan, Italy's San Siro Stadium. I feel better. Uh, following Jagger's testing positive for COVID, uh, the Stones postponed their June 13th Amsterdam show and the June 17th concert in Bern, Switzerland. But they are on board uh, for the gig tonight in Milan. Marcus Mumford is going solo. Whoa. Sources inside of a Spotify party on Monday uh, said that the Mumford & Sons singer announced that he will be leaving the band in order to focus on a solo career. So he's been the guy selecting the music for Ted Lasso and yeah. wrote the theme song, right? Performs yeah. it for yeah. Ted Lasso. Yeah. Correct. He performed his new music for the first time at the event, uh, which was held for an intimate group in the French Riviera. An attendee told the outlet he said, uh, he just said today is day one for his next thing. So I, mean, I feel like he's the whole driving force behind the band anyway. Kind of anyway, yes. I'm guessing that he was. I really don't know who all collaborated on songwriting in that band. There's a really good album that he's featured on called, uh, it's either the New Basement Tapes or the Basement Tapes, but really it, what it is, it's, it's old Bob Dylan lyrics that were never set to music. And all these oh, yeah. different musicians come in. Old and, Crow Medicine Show was featured on that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Johnny Depp was on there yeah. with uh, what? Uh, who? Oh gosh, uh, My Morning Jacket, and and he does a song called Kansas City that I really like. Oh, okay. And they, what happened to my voice there? That album was real. <laughs> it was real. Oh no. Uh, so he also has worked on some stuff with his wife is Carrie Mulligan. Mm-hmm. So um, he's working on stuff with her. Okay. He's got some really beautiful songs, and you know. Does he know I, you feel this way? Uh, probably not. Okay. He doesn't even know I'm alive. Yeah, I don't he know. He doesn't even know I'm alive. I don't know who gets the songwriting credit on the uh, Mumford and Sons. He gets most of them. Okay, but uh, and Winston was out of the band for a little bit too. Winston Marshall was having some personal problems, and so and then the the, the other guy left because he, had, uh, I guess, was the drummer. He left the band just because he he had uh, tweeted out something that caught hell for the band, and so he I think left. that was Winston. Was yeah, that Winston? Was, that was Winston. Yeah, they don't really have a drummer. Um, Marcus, right. yeah, does, Marcus is the drummer. Is the drummer? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. By the way, they should start a band called Monsters and Sons. Oh, oh yeah, I like so? it that. Yeah, more law firm. 
And then finally, coming soon via Genesis Publications is Def Leppard's first official band biography titled Definitely the Official Story of Def Leppard. And the book, which is described as part memoir, part scrapbook, will be the ultimate official record of Leppard's legendary career. According to the press release, the tome is narrated by the band in their own words, illustrated with photography and memorabilia from the Def Leppard archives. Definitely presents over four decades of the band's history through handwritten correspondences, rare vinyl pressings, tour memorabilia, music video storyboards, uh, storyboards, draft album artwork, press cuttings, previously unpublished photographs, and much more. You remember that biopic, right, that they did? It was yeah. a dramatic presentation of their life? It was made for VH1. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I liked okay. it. Okay, yeah. I enjoyed it, yeah. And uh, uh, what's his name from the Brat Pack? Played Mutt Lang. Um uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. All right, there you go. That's music. That's, it. That's all you need. That's all you're ever going to need. Uh, you are going to need a letter though, because uh, we'll get that for the word of the week prize. So we'll take a break. And we'll come back in a second with that. Stay right there. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at wmmr.com or on MMR's mobile app. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate stevensinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. It is indeed the end of our program for the day. A few little things to take care of before we wrap. I would like to, uh, first of all, thank um, our guest today, our in studio guest. He was such a nice guy, man. Uh, Coach Dick for me. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Yep, he was wonderful. We had a great conversation with him. Could have talked to him even longer. Just a just a super interesting individual. And so the fifth annual Philadelphia Concourse de Elegance and Preview Gala, benefiting nonprofit Cool Cars for Kids, is happening this weekend at the Simone Foundation uh, Automotive uh, Museum. And the iconic Ford Shelby Cobras and Dodge Vipers will be highlighted. That's reason enough. As well as uh, Dick's personal uh, sprint car from, I think, 1924. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was his dad's, which is really cool. So, uh, great organization. Super, super cool interview. Uh, and uh, who else do we have on the program today? Uh, Mike Schisler. Mike Schisler. The Shiz man. Uh, was on. And he's riding his bike from Alaska to San Diego. And uh, you can chronicle that uh, online as well. Draw dot. Drawn dot there. Drawn dot there. That's yeah. it. Really cool video and photos. And uh, his, he's been yeah. doing this van life thing. He and his wife have been in touch with us for years. So we're happy to uh, uh, get the word out about that, too. Uh, let me see here. Oh, uh, today's Tattoos Day. And we need to get a winner. We need to give this away. So let's. Award a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing to Ben Rogers Petro. Yeah, hey! Or is it Petso? I can't tell. Uh, it looks like Petro to me. Petro. All right. Uh, from Hatboro, Pennsylvania. So congratulations. You get some fantastic artwork done. Uh, they're located at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. For artwork samples, visit FloatingWorldTattoos.com or check them out on Instagram at Floating World. 
tattoos. Pierre's here. Hey. Good day. Nice to see you, man. Does that guy still live with his wife in the van? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they bought some land in a town called Temecula, which is near San Diego, and so that's why he's riding his bike all the way down to that part of the country oh, from okay. the Arctic Circle. So he started in Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, and it's a 4,000-plus-mile bike ride, and he's going to end in, uh, in near San Diego. Are they doing something ridiculously unconventional, like having a house to move into eventually? They bought some land and actually set up some trailers on that land, so it's a little bit more of a permanent base than it used to be for them, but uh, they're, they're still van people. They, they no reason to build a house when you can live in a van. That's right. Exactly. And yeah. the way they do up the van is amazing. That is true, yeah. It's nice. It's, it's really a pad yeah. of a van, but there you have it. All right. You think you could ever live that lifestyle? I could. Yeah. Actually, I came across the country in a van. Yep. I mean, what Casey uh, has been wanting to do all these years, I had always wanted to do as well. And there's nothing like uh, being in particularly um, a camper van, you know, Volkswagen or a Dodge van or one of those cool decked out vans where you can sleep in it. Yeah. And, you know, you and a buddy or even you on your own. Uh, those Dodge vans in the 70s that had those big um, captain's chairs in them and shag carpet in the back. Yeah, yeah right, right. Uh-huh. My fantasy. All I could afford was a Volkswagen van. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, uh, it had a very comfortable bed <clears throat> and went a good 45 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe 25 uphill in second gear. But um, and crossing Utah, uh, there was this giant windstorm and giant tumbleweed or blowing across the road. And Minerva shook with every wind that came by. But I had the car was worth about ten dollars, but I had about a fifteen hundred dollar stereo in it, which was (laughs) and and it was magnificent. It was all cross wired. The woofers and uh, tweeters were cross wired to each other. And this amazing sound system, Pioneer cassette tape deck, which was a state of the art at the time. And um, so it didn't make any difference how fast it went because it had this amazing sound in it. That's cool. And the acoustics were perfect. Yeah. And then until I got to Philly where it was promptly stolen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Parking on the streets of our dear city. That was welcome. the end of that. <laughs> Wel- yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, hippie, to the East Coast. <laughs> I have friends that do the, uh, it's a family member, actually, that does the van life as well, but they show a little bit more of, like, the reality of it. Oh. And it's kind of funny, like, the, I mean, not funny, but the other day she posted a video of a storm that came through where they were, and, um, you know, they're in this little van, but there were people, like, out in tents, and their van was, like, ro- rocking all night long. And uh, it was actually a little bit scary, but she'll post, you know, like, they don't, like this van life couple, uh, they're gorgeous. You know, like she'll post pictures of them. She's like, we haven't showered in five days. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they'll, they'll go to like health. They'll get like Planet Fitness Health Club yeah, memberships yeah, and then use thing. those and, yep. and go do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, So they can use the showers. Wouldn't they just like occasionally fork for a hotel? Occasionally, um, they no, not the not the these family guys? member that I that I know. No, I mean they will go like they try to get to certain spots. So like they booked like across the country to get. I, I don't know what they were going to, but to get somewhere by a specific day and time for whatever Fish reason, concert. yeah, <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It's pretty wild. Okay. I don't. Okay, no. right, I was looking at Pierre. I was waiting for a wrap up there. No, there was. Uh, I was uh, it. Sort of started off real slow and then fizzled out altogether. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of uh, 
of a fish concert. Do you want to hear some audio that I think you'll like? Yes, oh, nice. I will. Uh, this is Trey Anastasio. Yeah. Is this at a solo show or a fish show? Uh, solo acoustic show, and this was um, this was actually last night. So he does uh, you know a whole bunch of different stuff. You Little know. girl held up a sign asking if she could get up and play with him. Little girl oh. named Jovi was her name. Here's the clip of it. Listen to this. That's very cool. <laughs> wow. Is that, that a fish song, Casey? The, uh, yeah, it is. It came off a of farmhouse back in uh, 2000. So yeah. What's yeah, the name song. of it? It's called Bug. It's a yeah. beautiful, beautiful song. But, uh, yeah, cool. I didn't know that if you could, all you had to do was hold up a sign. Can you I sing? You should do that, Casey. Yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm yeah. going to do that the next I'm 11 show. years old. <laughs> dress as a little boy. As a little boy. Yeah. Or dress yeah. is like Angus Young. <laughs> you know. It's like that. Uh, the schoolboy. The Bugs Bunny cartoon with the, the magician who's really annoying on stage. And Can I have a child from the audience, please? Yeah. And Bugs Bunny's dressed as a little boy. I would be happy to help you guys, sir. That's Casey. That's great. Yeah. All right, uh, we should do the letter of the yes. day. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter O as in opportunity. Uh-huh. All right, and we are going to give away a uh, just 500 bucks. That's it. It's $500 prize. It's from the bagster. The Baxter. The Baxter is by far the most convenient and affordable way to help with your home cleanup. Go buy it at any home improvement store, fill it, and simply schedule your collection, and it is gone. Clean it up with the Baxter. Dumpster in a bag. Uh, we'll give that away on Friday. What's coming up on the show today, Pierre? We have Workforce Block's Tears for Fears oh, in town yeah. at the Man Music Center tonight. My gonna, wife is seeing him. You going to go to that show? I am not able to okay. make it this evening, but um, I have. I don't think I've ever seen them. And we played them heavily here in the 80s and uh, early 90s. I've seen them a couple times. In fact, one of my the greatest concert experiences of my life was seeing Man. Tears for Fears at the Beacon Theater in New York. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, Beacon Incredible is, show. God, what a great yeah. place to see anything at the Beacon. But Tears for Fears there would be amazing. They're at the Man, which I still think is oh, the best amazing. of the outdoor venues in our town. It's just stunning to see anything there. So we'll do a nice block of that, a uh, block of Alice in Chains. And then um, I have a, a slight confusion <laughs> in that uh, we've got some birthdays, and I don't know how to figure them all out. So I've got Brandon Flowers of the Killers, and I'm crazy about them. I've got Ray Davies of the Kinks, and I'm crazy about them. We've got Aerosmith, uh, birthday in that camp, and I'm crazy about them. So um, we'll have to figure it out. Why don't you play all their songs at the exact same time together? Well, that works. it all that out. Works, yeah. I think that's fabulous. There you go. <laughs> I did Just a nice, outside the box, man. I did a block of the Beach Boys yesterday, about a half an hour block, <clears throat> and... Bill came sauntering down, going, when is this going to end? <laughs> when is this going to end? <laughs> uh, I, I think I was doing really great until I put in Be True to My School. Or Be uh, True to Your, your school. school. Yeah, yeah. Um, I need you to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But uh, there it was. All right. It was Brian Brian Wilson's 80th birthday. Creative genius. Inspired the Beatles. Brilliant. And, um, you know, his levels of orchestration... You know, it was deserved. However, um, there you go. All right, I'm going to thank our, I'm going to thank our sponsors, the President Steve Show, brought to you today by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors. Uh, Acme is your official grocery store and official grocery store of the President Steve Show, and Duncan, the official coffee of the President and Steve Show. Tomorrow on our program, as of now, we've got uh, Fox Good Day, Secret Text Word, and uh, filling in the blanks when we join Manana. That is it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we will see you later, gang. Bye bye. President Steve on 93 WMR. Bing there. Do 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 do